0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning, every Friday morning in London town. It's the weekend. I bet you're all excited now, aren't you? The weekend has finally arrived. People get very excited about the weekend. Of course, if you work the weekend, you're not excited at all today, are you? You're just thinking, oh dear, start of my start of my week's worth of work but we don't mind it's lovely we've got loads of things to do the weather i'll i'll have a quick check at uh, in a moment just to find out whether or not it's good uh plus it's sexist to give your seat to a pregnant woman says mum to be minister that was what people were talking about because they were uh, nobody actually um offered her a seat and the house of Commons. she had to stand during question time but she said no i don't mind i don't mind i'm quite happy to stand some people do like it's, it's occasionally you know if you've got a bad back then you do like to, to stand on about people. So, would like to sit down? No, thank you. No, I've got a bad back. I'd rather stand, to be honest with you. So much better. Uh, 84850, steve um, I'm just going through some of my stuff. Morrissey has got a, a new book out detailing his first relationship with a man during his 30s and being a father in his new memoirs. I always thought Morrissey was slightly peculiar... I was never a big fan of Morris. He turned up on the, the lottery, and I, and I sort of warmed to him a little bit. I don't, but I don't really understand... I never listened to the Smiths. I never listened to the music. I was fascinated hearing the the talk about vinyl, because if you're of a certain age, then you you remember vinyl very, very well. And There was something pleasing about vinyl, and I know that you get real, you know, serious vinyl junkies. They love collecting vinyl, they love playing vinyl, they love looking at vinyl. I was sitting at a bus stop the other day, in Kingston, waiting for the bus, and there was a package on the seat next to me, and, of course, I, uh, curiosity got the better of me. So I had a quick, quick look in there, and uh, it was two vinyl records. One was Gilbert O'Sullivan's greatest hits, and one was somebody else's, and I left it there because it wasn't mine, and somebody else had obviously got on the bus and, and left the blooming thing. So somebody was two albums short, as they say. But we all remember that, that K-Tel thing, which plugged into the mains. You put your vinyl album and you push the button, and it had those brushes... Um, which uh, which allegedly cleaned it. And we all had things, didn't we, to actually clean vinyl. I mean, some people collect vinyl and it's worth a lot of money. I've got various little bits of vinyl. I've got nothing to play it on. Absolutely nothing to play it on. I mean, gone are the days of, of music centres and actually being... Uh, you know, sort of enjoying the fact that you could get your vinyl out, and then people became very precious about listening to the music that they had bought, and they would and they would buy, you know, they would spend a fortune on their sound systems. Whereas, well, like, I, I couldn't afford anything like that. I didn't have the money for it. But I remember playing vinyl and and playing music, and but never listen, never worrying about it. I can remember when you used to have one of those dance set record players. You could stack about. Ten seven-inch records on this; so it would play one after the other. I mean, that's actually really clever technology. And I remember taking one apart once, and underneath it there was this sort of concoction of wires and everything else. And I remember thinking, then, that's a bit, that's a bit cute, isn't it? But uh, not now. But I still realise that people go round and they do collect vinyl and they love collecting vinyl. So that's why it made very interesting, uh, very interesting conversation. Anyway, apart from that, I trust you had a good day yesterday. Was the weather good? Yes. Was it? Uh, was it not what I do yesterday? I'm trying to think what I did yesterday. Where did I go yesterday? I can't remember now. It's awful, isn't it? You get two days and you can't remember. And then came out uh, this morning. In fact, I was out early this morning, and uh, sort of sat in the back of the car. I always close my eyes and, and dream. I don't know what I dream about, just sort of odd little things. And I wake up at certain... I've started testing myself. Can I open my eyes at any part of the journey, which takes about 20 minutes, and and work out where I am from the twists and turns in the road? And I was only reminded of that because there was a girl some years ago, she was abducted in a car, and they put her in the boot. But she she remembered as she was going through, so we went down here, and then we did a right... And then we did a left. And she was trying to remember all these things. So it, it led police afterwards to where she'd been uh, to where she'd been dropped off. That was and, and she had that recall. And I could do that as well. I know at certain parts of the journey, the driver would put his foot down because there's no speed cameras. And then there's parts of the journey where there are speed cameras. And so we slow down then we speed up a bit. And then I know that there's about one, two, I don't know, probably about 10 sets of lights. Then we have to go over. We go over the Hogarth roundabout. If it's closed, we have to go down. It takes just about an extra 30 seconds. But you go over the Hogarth roundabout. And that bit I always remember. And then they've got roadworks. And then sometimes if they've closed off Hammersmith flyover, you have to go round Hammersmith. That's a boring place, isn't it? I've forgotten how dull Hammersmith flyover and, uh, and Hammersmith is. Anyway, and you, so you go round there. It used to be a big hotel where the bus station is. There was a big, big hotel. I can't remember the name of it, but they used to have lots of groups playing there became became quite famous. As indeed, I hate it when they start ripping things down in London. It drives me mad. I like to go back and so I, so I've got all these books at home of all these places, which are you know old London, and it's only like a few years back. And you think, God, I remember that being there. I remember that there, and I remember you know this was this was good. eight four eight five zero. steve at lbc dot co dot uk and um, Front pages of the papers, uh, Paul Hollywood. Can you be a bit of a bore, actually? I've no guilt over marriage breakdown. Uh, Well, you come over as being slightly arrogant. Uh, Also, millions of Britons could be spared the agony of crippling back pain by seeking early treatment. You have to go, don't you? You have to go and see that if your back pain is the worst pain I've ever had. I remember standing outside the doctor's surgery clinging to a lamppost because it was so bad. It was just awful. And uh, they gave me... And that's when I first discovered the delights of diclofenic. Now they won't give it to you. You've got to be really special for them to give you diclofenic because they've said it can cause internal bleeding and all sorts of things. I bought some cream the other day. A cream for relieving uh, pain and inflammation. And that's got diclofenic in it. How much, I don't know. Uh, Paul Hollywood. Arrogant little so-and-so, isn't he? No guilt over love split. Um, And uh, he says here he has no... No guilt for allegedly having had an affair. He split from his wife of fifteen years. In a candid interview, he said there are two sides to every story. He says, d- despite his wife publicly revealing that she was divorcing him for adultery, he stressed that they were still in regular contact. I mean, you know, why don't people just say, "I don't, I don't care," you know, I, I, I don't want to discuss my private life. People love discussing their their private life. And oh, we got it back on again, have we? Oh right, oh good. Just for those of you who at the beginning of the week. And how it's managed to get that many views without us even mentioning the thing, I've got no idea. But we're on YouTube now. I've done the mini tour of LBC 97.3 for you. I did it this, we did it this morning. And uh, it's, it's only short. It runs about seven minutes, I think. And uh, you can go and, and have a look. It's a behind the scenes look at LBC and Global Towers. And I think you just find it as YouTube with Steve Allen's mini tour of LBC 97.3. And so I've, I'll show you around uh, little bits of the building. It's huge. It's it's so frighteningly vast, even I can't uh, comprehend it. So Sam and I disappeared off, and uh, we've shown it to a few people around. The, they all like it actually because it gives you it shows you what the LBC studio looks like, shows you the staircases, <laughs> shows you the staircases. How can you get excited over a staircase, Steve? Well, because you just can, and we go past the other radio stations as well. Unfortunately, the only thing you will notice. It's Steve Allen's sweaty shirt. And the reason, and I can tell you this now, I know exactly what it is, it's because this is a non-iron shirt. It's one of those, but of course I have all my shirts ironed, And it's got a chemical in it to make it non-iron. And unfortunately that chemical reacts badly to the body. And so I'm afraid we were looking a little bit damp. I looks, I've just walked out of a shower, I'm afraid. Um, and we, we show you a little bit of the LBC Newsroom. The little desk, my little coat over the back, my little m bag. It's all there on YouTube, Steve Allen's mini-tour of LBC 97.3. And, uh, as I say, already 64 people have had a look at it. And we've only just mentioned it now. Oh, sorry, 54 people, I do, but perhaps we've just lost 10. Uh, Stories in the papers today, because you like to know what's going on, don't you? Uh, The Sun have got a story on the front page of you've got the power, because bills are just going up, 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 up. There's there's nothing you could do about it. Uh, British gas, 9.2%. And uh, the Sun are now saying, we urge UK to switch, save and hit them where it hurts, because you've got the power. And that's the and that's the way it is. It's just ridiculous. Switching providers could save you about 300 quid. Depends how much money you want to save, doesn't it? Depends how much money you want to save. If, if you don't mind paying it, pay it. But we knew it was going to go up. We actually predicted on LBC. So, uh, so let's turn British gas off, shall we? Click, that's what the Sun say. And your bill will be going up 9.2%. up on electricity. And so what they've done is they've asked. uh, They asked SSE. They're raising their prices by 8.2% from November. Their chief executive is paid £715,000 a year. Slightly obscene. Uh, EDF. uh, Their chief executive, Vincent de Rivas, £1.2 million. NPower. Uh, His pay is undisclosed. That's Paul Massara. We do not make pricing decisions based on what others in the market are doing. Uh, Eon, we never speculate on any future pricing. Their chief executive pay undisclosed. Chief executive of Scottish Power, he gets 502000 a year. And first utility, frozen till March. We are promising no increases for the whole of this winter. Well, that's good news, isn't it? But then you say, I always think, I never believe these people, I'm a bit too cynical, I'm afraid, I've been in the business a bit too long, and so when you see the, these companies, transfer to us, transfer all your, your debt to us, and pay nothing in credit charges until, you know, February 2014, and I think, oh, that's good, then I think, no, wait a minute, once they've actually got you, come, come 2014, you're a bit screwed, aren't you, because then they can put the prices up and you're stuck. So uh, I'm, always, I'm always saying to people, just be, uh, just be wary of what people are offering. Just be wary of what they're offering. Um, I love Katie Price's column, because you know damn well she doesn't write a note of it. Not one word. Uh, here's Prince Harry, and, uh, and here's Madeleine McCann's parents, who've received more than 2,500 tip-offs, with her dad Jerry saying it sounds like a breakthrough. It doesn't sound like a breakthrough to me at all. To me, it sounds like the police have got even more work to do now, sifting through two and a half thousand. It was only 700 originally. Now, apparently, because it's gone through Europe, everybody recognises this man because he's probably out there somewhere. You know, because it's it's an e-fit. Eight for eight, five, oh. going on holiday, lovely, to Hong Kong. Last bits of packing. Is that the early flight this morning? There's an early flight to Hong Kong? A friend of mine, Graham, seems to think I'm going to Las Vegas every day. He goes, he said, I'm stockpiling your your podcast. He said because I'm, I'm because you're going off to Vegas next week. I said, I don't think so. I don't know where he's got this idea from. It's all it's all very strange, very strange. And so yesterday he said, I I'll, said, I'll see you next week on the train. He said, No, you won't, because you're going to be in Vegas. And I, no matter what I say, he doesn't believe it. It's, <laughs> you get some people like that, don't you? Quarter past four. Morning, everybody. It's uh, eighteen minutes past four. Nick Ferrari and the team with you just after the news at seven o'clock this morning. And uh, today, Nick will be talking about a variety of topics. Uh, one of the ones he won't be talking about is a story which I got coming up in a moment about the botched execution, which isn't so great. Let's look at the paper today. Isabel Hardman, editor of Coffee House, the Spectator blog, and uh, Nick will be talking about British Gas. It's going to affect a lot of people. I mean, I think it's absolutely scandalous. Coming up to winter, which is the time when you all use lots more gas, you put the heating on. I deliberately don't don't put the heating on until I absolutely need it. And at the moment, I haven't needed it. I've got friends who've said they put the heating on. I said, really? So far, I've survived. Plus, is it sexist to offer a pregnant woman your seat? And crime has fallen. That's good news. I bet he's going to have a thought about the school where they're allowing pupils to smoke. But it's not just any old school. This is a a special needs school. So he'll have a thought on that. So here's this... Here's this bloke, and uh, he's in uh, Iran, and he's known as uh, Ali Reza M. 37, they hanged him because he was a drug smuggler. He uh, was caught with a kilo of crystal meth. And so what they did was they hanged him, took him down after 12 minutes, took him to the mortuary, and they went, oh, my God, he's still breathing. So you would have thought, because under, under the, the British system some years ago... Uh, people, when they were hanged, their, their family and friends would try and cut them down as quickly as possible so that you could you could almost revive them. They had, they had tried on numerous occasions that if somebody was revived, then they survived. In this particular case, the uh, the Iran mullahs, or whoever they are over there, they sound like ghastly people, have said, um, no, as soon as he's better, we'll hang him again. They love a good hanging, don't they, over there? They're very good. So he's, he was strung up for 12 minutes. He will be executed once his health is good enough. I mean it seems a bit pointless doesn't it really but they're going to go ahead with it Amnesty International said the second attempt to kill him uh, betrays a basic lack of humanity I mean they're just they're just perverts these people you know these people who I mean I've 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 lost track of human rights situations in other countries that turn your stomach you know women who have been stoned to death because they had an affair whilst the man goes scot free you know, 16-year-old gay people executed in Iran because uh, because they don't like that kind of thing. You wouldn't want to go and live there if your life depended on it, would you? Ghastly, blooming Place. Ghastly. Human Rights Campaign. I mean, that's they're just... You know, I just don't quite get it, really. I, I just don't get it at all. But anyway, so they're going to um, execute him again. And presumably they'll just go ahead with it and the world will go, this is disgusting, but, you know, he survived one thing. He's going to go through it again. He must be sitting there thinking, "Oh God, let's just get it over and done with." I like the idea in uh, Dongguan in China. A landlord was cleaning out an abandoned flat. You know what you do, getting ready for the next person. What does he find? Six hundred and sixteen thousand pounds in China. This is <laughs> it's like an absolute fortune, absolute fortune. An abandoned flat, cleaning it out. Six hundred and six. Why does that never happen to us? Why does that never happen? You know, to I mean, I've I've cleaned out places, and as a kid, you know, you go into old properties and stuff like that. I've never found anything like that. I found a, you know, I found a temp, I found something the other day. We have a little shop in, in Twickenham. It's part time. It's there Monday to Friday, I think. I might have got that wrong. Anyway, it's it's practic- it's next door to Michael the Hairdressers in Water Lane, and he sells postcards and money. And he's got for sale in his window a ten shilling note, and it's six pounds. And it's in perfect condition. It's lovely. It's a 10 shilling note. There will be those of you who know what 10 shilling note looks like. And he's got a pound note, and that's three pounds for a pound note. And I thought, oh, that's nice. I'll buy it. And then a friend of mine said to me, he said, but what do you do with it? You buy it, you look at it, you put it in a drawer, and that's it. You know, I've got sixpences, and I've got all sorts of little bits and pieces. But you don't do anything with it. I I bought all this money, this pre-decimal money, Asia. I bought about four bagfuls, and I gave one bag to a friend of mine, because I thought it was interesting having threepenny bits and pennies and halfpennies and half crowns and florins and and stuff like that. And a friend of mine said he said thank you very much for it. He said I looked at it once. He said I put it in the drawer because it's not worth anything. It's, it's I mean I think I paid twenty quid or twenty nine quid for it. Whatever it is, I bought a few of them, thinking that kids would be interested in playing with old money. They're not remotely interested. Show them new money, their eyes light up. But show them anything anything old, and they don't really care. Whereas I I like old things. That's why I like some of you listening. Because some of you are quite old things, aren't you? 84850 dot Uh Steve says Uh if the industrial regulator off what can stop Thames water from hiking their prices, why not the energy companies? Is it because Thames is British? Well, I mean, we knew that once the first one put up their, their price, it, the rest were gonna follow. They're not gonna sit there and go, Well, we're not gonna put up the price. They're gonna be they're gonna pay chairman of these big companies. They've got, you know, a lot of workforce. I know that when they talk about water in London, they're trying to replace the old sewers because they're old they keep saying they're old Victorian sewers and they're falling apart and crumbling and that's a you know, we've we've all seen it, haven't we, over summer where they've had burst water mains. And we all drive through it thinking well, at least it's cleaned the tyres. So that's that's the only good thing about it. But it costs money to do it and the person who's going to pay for it is you. You're going to pay for it. Nobody else is going to pay for the blooming thing. And it will constantly go up. Things will always, always go up. I was listening to Duncan having his debate. I was sitting in the shower, and I, and I was he was talking about if I if if I got it right, some bloke who's been on the TV or two people who nick stuff from shops and then they sell it cheaper to um to poor people, which is a load of old garbage. What they're doing is they're thieving. If they they aren't Robin Hood, Robin Hood robbed from the rich and gave it to the poor. He didn't charge the poor for it. These people are charging. They're not Robin Hoods at all. They're blatant thieves. They're blatant thieves. They're going into shops, nicking stuff, and then selling it, but they're lining their own pockets. They couldn't give a stuff about the poor. How many times have you been in a pub and somebody's come and gone, do you want any fags? Do you want any fags? How many have you got? How many do you want? Do you want any leather coats? Duncan, you know, almost said that, yes, he would buy cheap stuff. Because we've got, I've, I've lost track of the amount of times I've been offered things. You know, bloke, the the usual old con is a bloke who'll pull up next to you a car and he'll go, Sir, look, mate, I've just come back from a, a men's exhibition at Earl's Court and I've got some leather jackets left over. There is no exhibition at Earl's Court, you lying little toe rag. People were buying speakers, weren't they? Speakers out the back of cars. It turns out they had nothing inside them at all stereos with nothing inside televisions with no no fixtures and fittings but all these people who say oh i'm i'm just pinching to help the poor people no they're not they're not they're only they're lining their own pockets they couldn't give a stuff about the poor you know the poor can go out and shoplift for themselves if they want to but i don't believe anybody's that poor i'm sorry i know there's all this stuff about food banks and i know people are saying oh you know we 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 have food banks because we can't afford to eat and then there was one lady who said she lived on 500 quid a month I'm assuming it is possible to live on £500 a month because you can afford a telephone. So I'm assuming there must be some sort of give and, and take. But you go out and it's called home economy. You learn how to do it. Ask any pensioners, you know, how do you live on your money? And they'll tell you, well, not very well. But you can do it. You can do it. But we're not poor like in other countries when they have poor people. We don't have poor people like that. I know that in Twickenham we have our fair share of charity shops, God help us. Fish Shop's good now, though. They managed to find the missing H. Up until then, we had uh, Sandy's Fiss, which I think it was the, Was it the H that was missing? I can't remember, guys. But uh, it's all done up. And I'm, I'm getting quite excited because they're already planning Christmas. The Christmas lights are being planned, which I'm very excited about because you know me and Christmas and lights. Uh, Angela and Bob said, try to find your trip around the LBC Towers on YouTube. I found a few others, but not the one you mentioned this morning. What should we be typing in? You're typing... Well, I've just retweeted it. So you can find it on Twitter, which is at Steve Allen Show, uh, or you can find it on YouTube, and it's Steve Allen's mini-tour of LBC 97.3. We've got 90 people who've seen it already now, which is quite sweet, which is good. Uh, (laughs) Enjoyed this morning's exercise done. Wet shirt is evidence, yes. Are you wearing a money belt under your shirt? I've got a complete bank under there, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for asking which is nice. And uh, somebody says, first, love it. Oh, good. As long as people like it, that's good. We don't care, do we? And, uh, and Howard says, <laughs> can you tell the camera operator he really needs a haircut? Oh, listen, I've wasted my time on that. I keep saying, have a haircut, have a haircut. He won't do it. The girlfriend apparently likes his hair like that. So that's, you know, that's his excuse. It's also the fact he's too mean to actually go and spend the money, aren't you? You wait, And also, he's a little bit worried. It might sort of spoil his looks. Yeah, never paid for a haircut, not at all surprised. Never had a haircut, have you? Does she cut it? Does she cut your hair? The sister cuts it, really? <sighs> not really a lot you can say about the sister, is there? Uh, 84850, uh, Ken says, the tour is well worth another look. Yeah, that's what my friend Ant said. He said, I'm going to watch it again. He said, that was so good. He says, when you speak about the famous cupboard, I can visualise what you're talking about. I know there's a history in that cupboard. If I'd actually dissected the cupboard, you'd be amazed what's in there. You would be absolutely amazed. He said, the offices at Global are very impressive. That's a, that's only a small bit of it. It's terribly impressive. Not just a bit impressive. It's terribly impressive. I love it. Absolutely love it at all. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. We, we take uh, everything and weave it all in. I'm going to tell you the weather now because it's Friday and you want to know the weather, don't you? It's a Faustian, a Faustian Mickey start. <laughs> it's a foggy and misty start Pull yourself together, Stephen Stick your teeth back in your mouth uh, Rather windy it'll be, The hair will be ruined by the end of the day uh, High 16 degrees And uh, it'll be overcast but bright How can it be overcast but bright? How does that happen? Overcast but bright Actually, yesterday was overcast I thought it was going to rain And it never rained, did it? Or did, perhaps it did Cloud will increase this after Oh, light showers, that's alright Because I've got lunch with a friend of mine we oh, bumped into at the LBC reunion, which was lovely. Actually, on this week's Best of Steve Allen, we're putting out a programme, that w- part of it, that would have gone out last week. And the reason it didn't is because we had LBC at 40, which went out, and then we had our In Conversation. We've got In Conversation to uh, little clips today, which I believe is Sheila Hancock and Jude Law. So really good In Conversation. In fact, all of them are good. I don't think we've had a bad... We haven't had a bad In Conversation... Have we had a bad in conversation? No, we haven't. I keep reminding myself of who we've had. We've had some super names. And this week, no exception, the wonderful Jude Law and the uh, equally wonderful Sheila Hancock uh, will be in to talk about uh, their respective projects. Sheila, because she's in the theatre just over the road, Wyndham, and Jude, because he's got a new film out, which is very good. He's very, very good. He put on a load of weight for it. Whereas I put on a load of weight for this programme, he put on a load of weight for the for the film. And at the end of the film, he lost the weight... And I didn't, because I'm still doing it. So, I, I, so the moment I stop doing this programme, I'll probably be as thin as a rake. That's the way it works for actors. It should be no different for radio presenters. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, more from the papers coming up very shortly. If you've just joined us, it is LBC 97.3. I'm here every morning, as, uh, as Duncan says, you know, this is where late-night London come to talk. This is where late-night London kind of wake up. So now we're in, everybody's out there. Delivering, driving the buses, driving the trains, getting ready for another full day, because it's Friday, and for that you should be eternally grateful. It's 4.30. LBC 97.3. Text
0: 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Brucey Forsyth's car's coming up for sale. Coy's, I believe, a base near Richmond. I think that's coise. An auction house, they're going to be selling it. They reckon seven to ten grand. But uh, interestingly enough, I mean, seven to ten grand, it's only got 29,000 on the clock, which for a... I think it's a... Is it a Bentley or Rolls he's got? Whichever one it was, it's an old one. He hasn't driven it for ages. So perhaps the engine... Because you need to drive them. The engines start... You know, you've got to sort of look after the engines properly. That's why it's going to be so cheap, but it comes with the fact that it was owned by Bruce Forsyth. And there's another one here. It's the the story of uh, the cop who allegedly interfered with a failed child abuse probe into Jimmy Savile, was a pal who acted as his chauffeur and bodyguard. This is Mick Starkey, who drove Savile around in his uh, Rolls Royce, even taking him for a spin four days before the pervert's death in 2011. He helped plan Savile's long-standing Friday morning club, at which the TV star held court in his Leeds flat over coffee and cakes, with his inner circle, including police. But the trouble is, at the time, even though everybody knew about Jimmy Savile, quite clearly the police didn't. Know about him, even though he'd been quizzed by various people, they still went round. Perhaps it was perhaps it was a bit of undercover work. I don't know. I can only assume that that's, that's what it would be. But this this particular man uh, uh, it has actually revealed that he 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 was a friend. You know, even after he died, he said yes. He said we, we were close, and there's a picture of him without realising. So he acted as his body as his bodyguard. That's his bodyguard. That is the most bizarre thing ever, isn't it, really? Uh, other stories in the papers for today. The world's richest man. And this is uh, Bill Gates. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation gives £2.2 billion worth of aid annually. That money goes to over 100 countries. Because if you've got lots and lots of money, that's, that's what you do with it. You open up a foundation and you, uh, and you help out other people. You'd all do it. You'd all do it. Everybody would do it. Uh, when you say, Steve, you have an, a bank under your shirt, you mean pounds and pounds and pounds. It's a good line. Wish I'd thought of it. Wish I'd thought of it. Um, Malcolm says, you're probably too young to remember, there used to be a silver thrupney bit. I don't remember a silver thrupney bit. I remember a silver sixpence. Because that was traditional at Christmas, wasn't it? Putting the sixpence in the Christmas pudding. I don't know. I can't remember where that came from. Perhaps to entice the poor to eat more cake. And uh, so they sort of cut into it. Because that was, that was the whole basis of Duncan's uh, looking at the ethnic not, not the ethnicity, but whether or not it was ethical to actually accept something knowing it was stolen. I mean, I wouldn't buy anything knowing it was stolen. I don't think I would. If somebody said to me, you know, you want to buy this uh, this Cartier watch? For a start with, I'd probably think it was, it was a moody one anyway, so I wouldn't buy it. But I would never buy food off anybody. They, they caught somebody in Marks and Spencer's the other day, another thief. They go in there, they thieve... And, uh, and the poor sit at home, you know, smoking their fags and their and drinking their booze and then just buying cheap food. It's like smoked salmon. It kind of gives people a false economy, doesn't it? As Sarah and St Albans will probably tell you, existing on 500 quid a month, smoked salmon is not the kind of thing you're going to have top of your list, is it? You're going to be eating beans. You're going to be going out to uh, places like Iceland seeing what you can get for your money. Or failing that, going to a proper greengrocer. And as I said yesterday, day, I say day before, uh, he had cauliflowers in. The biggest cauliflowers I've ever seen for a quid. The biggest cauliflowers for a pound. And I thought, that would, you know, you, you could cut that up and you could use it over the course of three days, I would have thought. Diana says, I've got my old money glued onto green bays and framed. I, I've got those usual things which the whole country had. Churchill crowns and a decimal set. And I remember saying to somebody, are they worth anything? They went, no, not worth anything at all, really. Just worth what you paid for them. But I liked having them. I liked having them. And then somebody said, you should buy Kruger rounds. And I thought, I was talking to a friend of mine, he said, should I get a credit card? And I said, well, if you do, make sure you can, you learn how to to manage the money. I have a, a credit card, but I hardly ever use it. And if I do use it, we pay it off at the end of each month. That's the only way that you can avoid the horrendous charges that they come up with. Pay it off at the end of each month. Not always possible, but I said to him, don't ever look when you get a credit card. Oh, I've got an extra five grand or ten grand or whatever you get. I mean, I've only got nine and a half grand on a, on a credit card. Somebody said to me, because I remember a friend of mine saying that he had £25,000 credit on a... I thought, blimey, I'm not sure I could trust myself with that. I'm not sure I could trust myself with twenty five grand on there because I suppose it would be tempting if you were Kerry Coke Toner, wouldn't it, to go out and spend that money you know, knowing that you haven't got any way of paying it back apart from going into bankruptcy. Somebody started up a website, apparently, to name and shame all these celebrities, so don't ever buy any products that they endorse, because if they can't be bothered to pay their taxes, we can't be bothered to do anything with them at all, I'm afraid. Kevin the Milkman says, I'm one of those sad vinyl junkies. I have a large collection of punk and new wave records. If you'd seen him, the last thing he looks like is punk and new wave, and a music centre to play them on still. He said, I know you'd love hearing parts of my collection... Please, no pogoing at our age, as at 39 we're risking our backs. It's, it's so true. It's, uh, there's all sorts of... When I, you know, I, I took my shoes in to be resold the other day. And he's done a really good job. I mean, he's done a really good job. It costs 40 quid because I thought, they're a very expensive pair of shoes, let's go for the best sold. You can get them done cheaper, I quite appreciate that, but it's a, this is the pair of shoes that cost £350. Pounds, you know, to me, a fortune a fortune so i'm determined that i'm going to get value out of them so i thought get some nice soles put on there so he's he's uh, he's he's put them on and i wore them this morning because they really are nice and they're executive leather he said they're lovely shoes yours he said they're really nice shoes he said beautiful italian leather he said now you've got british leather soles so he's, he's put them on they've been stitched and uh, and they look really nice really really nice and uh, so I paid paid me forty quid. And before I went out of the shop, he said, "Just remember," he said, "scuff them, scuff the leather." He said because it's very shiny and very slippery. And so when I when I got outside outside the front door, I was scuffing them backwards and forwards, just so that uh, I don't fall over at all. But they're very nice, very very nice and comfy. Uh, no wind or fog or rain. So Sharon in Eltham, probably not. <laughs> I shouldn't have, probably will be a little bit later on. Panic not. Um, 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh Somebody says he's got three great ones Pink Floyd's The Wall, Brain Salad Surgery, which was uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, and The Sex Pistol, never mind the, uh, the Watsons. Yes, I've also got The Sex Pistols. My favourite song on that album was EMI. And do you know why? Because it, Not not because of how they turned over EMI and managed to convince the world that they were fantastic, although I did speak to one of our, let's just call them my close friends working upstairs in the newsroom, and he said, he said when you were talking the other day about Johnny Rotten, and he's just been given an award at some music thing, and I said, uh, I, said I always thought he was a fraud... You know, he said, I, um, and, and I, I, I couldn't bear him. I couldn't bear him. I said, and then he does a, does a butter advert and sells out. I said, because frankly, you know, his, his creative juices died up years ago. He said, I'm a really big fan of, of John Light. <laughs> I said, well, there you go. We'll have to agree to disagree on that one. I said, I was never a fan of him. But uh, I did like Emerson, Lake and Palmer and I did like EMI. And the reason I liked it is because it had strings on it. It was really, really good. Whereas I thought a couple in the group were just a total waste of time. I mean, Sid Vicious was just a pathetic little empty vessel. You know, a silly little heroin addict. Nobody cared about him. He was an idiot in real life, as he was when he was stoned out of his mind, I'm afraid. We went down to do an interview with the Sex Pistols before they'd really hit. And they just, they sort of, sort of tried to give this impression, that you know, they were sort of anti-everything, anti-this and that. Whereas, in fact, really, they were all bending over and taking the golden shilling. It was all a little bit sad, really. Uh, the police knew about Savile, but he had mates... Well, I mean, you know, I should imagine you've, you've, you've got mates if you're, a, if you're a Mason. There are lots of police officers who are Masons. I, I know a number of people who are Masons there within Masonic, and I'm, I'm quite sure that, you know, things get covered up and people look after people. It's called having mates, isn't it, in high places? Or, in my case, low places. <laughs> I don't get anything in high places at all. Uh, a dad who treated death when his, uh, with his son when their speedboat exploded has just won a £60,000 supercar. You see, out of sadness comes, comes goodness. He said, I'm going to enjoy it. I am going to. I bet you are, actually. I bet you are. 60 grand car. And, um, and a prolific crook who went on TV's The One Show with one of his victims and promised to go straight has just been returned back to prison because he's a compulsive liar, I'm afraid. Ian Ashcroft went back for five years. Uh, he had this uh, woman on the television, Margaret Foxley. He served time for raiding her home. He previously wept and begged her forgiveness because he's a crook. He's one of these people who probably nicks and sort of tries to sell it to the poor. And uh, anyway, he actually stole from charity boxes and uh, and everything else. Mrs uh, Foxy says, I'd like to speak to him to understand what went wrong. He's a druggie. There's nothing that went wrong. He's a druggie. Once a druggie, always a druggie. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. You don't ever recover from alcoholism. The only thing you can do is go into rehab and they can keep you off it. But one more drink for an alcoholic, you're back on it. It's as fast as that. It's like cigarettes, except that alcohol has slightly more devastating results because you can take it... You know, you never find somebody smoking a cigarette and sort of being aggressive towards somebody else, but you find people on drink who become aggressive to other people. And that's why the prisons are absolutely full of people who've fallen off the wagon. You know, I've lost track of the amount of people who I know who were alcohol... Dead now. Dead now because there's a limit to how far you can go, but they enjoy going out for a drink. I went out out last night to our local Chinese, I had a craving, I'd had dinner, and then I had a craving for toffee banana. So I went out and bought a portion of toffee banana and toffee apple, which is absolutely delicious. So I had that and I ate it, and as I'm eating it I'm thinking, this is really bad. But at least it was better than the fried bread, which I would have had. Brian, at Twickenham Station, I walked off yesterday... And, uh, and I said to him, I said, oh, I could still eat fried bread, I'll still eat fried... You know, if, if you could find a cafe that has a good fry-up or a takeaway, that could send it fried bread, beans on the top of it and an egg, or just a sausage or something, just anything, really. Not, not too fussy, not too fellas. Oh, dear. Uh, brave military wives trekking up a Scottish peak to shoot a nude calendar. What is it if people want to take their clothes off, for God's sake? I've been campaigning for the LBC calendar for some time, all money raised going to our, our global charities... Well, I can't get anybody to do it with me. I wanted to do a nude calendar. We could all hide behind Nick Ferrari, I thought. There's nobody else in the you can't couldn't hide behind uh, James O'Brien. And also to be honest with you, some people I don't think are gonna look good with clothes off. You know, you know, you know what I mean? You know, some people I mean, you know, I don't look good with my clothes off. So sorry? Yeah, Christo's a classic example of somebody who really doesn't look good with his clothes off. I mean and, and you know, that, that that really is it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. You know, nobody's going to go up to him and go, ooh, we'd like to use you as a model. No, only if they bring back Toby jugs will they ever be asking Christo to take his clothes off. You know, some people are attractive, and, it, and you see them with their clothes off. I'm not saying I do this on a regular basis, but you see them with their clothes off. It's like sort of rugby players. There's a, a, a rugby team in Paris, I think, and they always do a nude calendar every year, and you think, well, I suppose if you've got a really great body, it's fine, but when you get to a certain age, we just look like we need ironing. And so that's it. Somebody, when we were filming this little video... Which is uh, which is up on on YouTube? Comes up as I've now forgot what it comes up as. Steve Allen's mini. Wait a minute, we shall find it. Comes up as Steve Allen's mini tour of LBC ninety seven point three. Steve Allen's mini tour of LBC ninety seven point three. And we also uh, retweeted it as well. And it's our little tour of the building. It only lasts about seven minutes. Oh, one hundred and nine people now have looked at it. <laughs> it's only went up a short while ago, and already one hundred and nine people, which is nice. Uh, thank you for that. You can have a look. It shows you the building. It doesn't show you all of the building. It's just a very, very small part of it. But I love the way that all the, all the presenters waved at us. That was the best bit. You have to watch it twice to see all the things. And you can see why I'm constantly complaining about the, the, the producer's hair. Because you can catch him in, I think, in one of them. Especially when he's... Uh, we're looking at our sister station, 1152, and you could see his uh, reflection. <sighs> I don't
0: know. It's official.
1: Breathing air is bad for your health. Why? I'll tell you in a moment.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Oh, do you have know, so many emails yesterday from management. Meetings for this, meetings for that, Rajar meeting. Oh, I'm losing track of it. I'm going to have to resort to post-it notes. I'll have to be reminded by people on a daily basis. God, I can't remember half the time what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know where I am half the time. <laughs> 11 minutes to 6. Uh, Richard Maidley, a man who actually married his mother... This is a, a quote from uh, the very funny Morrissey, as funny as not, and um, he says, where, all these are various quotes, one of the papers has been through the books, he doesn't like Julie Birchall because she gave him a bad review, and he says that when, when she dies he'll dance on her grave and that kind of stuff. Uh, he defends the, uh, the gangsters, Reggie and Ronnie Cray, unfairly locked away, he said, for the rest of their lives, he claimed they were victimised by the government for being working class. Nothing to do with the fact that they were both murderers. You know, let's just leave that to one side, shall we? He says, Whenever I go, I seem to see the Duchess of Nothing, a little bundle of orange crawling out of a frothy dress, the drone of Sloane, blessed with two daughters of Queen Victoria pot-dog pudginess. That'll be Sarah Ferguson then, won't it? And the, uh, and the two daughters. Um, he also claims he was requested to appear on the TV sitcom Friends while visiting the set to watch the US show being filmed. Um... And he says here, I'm requested to sing in a really depressing voice. Within seconds I wind down the fire escape like a serpent and it's goodbye to Hollywood yet again. I mean, he's just boring, isn't he? I mean, is he one of these pretentious people? Pretentious people, you know, who sort of go, oh, this is... And and they try to think they're making some statement. And there's a few old, half baked people who follow what Morrissey says, but the rest of him, you know, is uh, is just not good. And uh, he also opens fire on uh, Richard Madeley. Uh, wed to judy finnegan he said a man who actually married his own mother not nice is it but mind you nobody ever said morrissey was nice but there we go you see the funny thing is you know if you, if you give it out you got to take it and so that's how it works that's why we weave everything in on the program uh, former strictly dancer vincent simone is set to swap the uh the tango for a stint on i celebrity get me out of here oh god how dreary is that the best they can manage Emmerdale star Lucy Pargeter and Joey Essex have also been linked with the show. Yeah, but they might not necessarily be... Who cares whether they're in it or not? Joey Essex can't get arrested. Lucy Pargeter. I mean, you know, if I was running some of these, these programmes, I would say no. So you want to go and do that, we'll write you out of Emmerdale. OK? Simple as that. Uh, Britain's got uh, talent. Wannabes, the lovable rogues, have exhausted their 15 minutes of fame. They've been dumped by Simon Cowell. They've been given the push after releasing one single. It didn't last five minutes, these people. That's what I said to you. It all—it only comes down to how many records can you sell. It doesn't come down to anything else at all. It comes down to can you sell records. If you can't sell records, you're out. There's no point in keeping somebody if they can't sell records. And sadly, in the in in the case of that group, they obviously couldn't. Christine Bleakley. Hi, you. Has revealed she wants footballer fiance Frank Lampard to organise everything for their wedding, except for the important dress. Oh, shut up, dear! Nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. You know we don't care about your wedding to Frank Lampard. I'm sure it's lovely, and I'm sure you're fantastic, and I'm sure you hang from the chandeliers. But to be honest with you, nobody cares. Why would you assume that the public are remotely interested in your dreary wedding? Get married, love. Get on with it. Don't start droning on about what he's going to be doing and what you're going to be doing. We don't care. We really don't care. Anyway, I mean, it'll probably be they're actually due to marry next year. Well, just get on with it and do it. Don't drone on about it, darling. Just do it. Goodness sake, nothing worse than third-rate Z-listers who want to inflict their boring lives on us. Really terrible. Uh, We've got some good stories about Daniel Radcliffe later, uh, still to come. And uh, Sir David Jason has accused the BBC of being obsessed with competing for ratings rather than entertaining. But I thought that's what it is. Everything is based around ratings now. Everything, you know, everything is is actually done because uh, the Royal Bodyguard was axed last year after one series because it was blooming awful. It's based on ratings. I realise that not everything is based on ratings. Sometimes you you have to persevere. I mean, let's face it, ITV2 have been persevering with Keith Lemon for what seems like years now, and it's not happening, is it, at all? It was like various other people. They say, well, this, this programme is going to be the one that's going to going to absolutely, you know, smash it. This is going to be the, the, the programme. This We're going to create a star out of it. Like that girl the other day working on Hoxton FM or whatever it was. I've never even heard of her. Never even heard of her. And they sort of give her a big PR puff. She's now the darling of TV and radio. She's got one hour a week. That's apparently enough to put down on your CV a radio presenter. It was dreadful. Who was that taking the video, says Angela and Bob. We saw his reflection. It's the bloke who won't get a blooming haircut. It's the producer, laughingly. Anyway, where was your stock of biscuits and treats? They were well hidden. We didn't have... Well, actually, on my desk, there were some mince pies with cream, which I was going to give to Duncan, but then in the... In, you know, um, I opened up the boot of the car this morning. I'd forgotten. I bought a box of cakes the other day to bring in and give to the producer. Duncan polished off the box of cakes. Systematically from the time I brought it in to the end of his programme he polished off a box of cream cakes. That was two chocolate eclairs. I think he managed one scone uh with cream and jam and two cream slices. <laughs> did you have one as well? Did you have a cream slice? They had scone and an eclair, did you? And he he managed the rest of them. Oh okay. who did? Darrell had one as well. Oh right. So uh so in fact, Duncan hardly ate anything at all. Perhaps I should have brought down the mince pies with the cream, Duncan. But never mind. Next time round, as they say. Next time round. Uh, uh, another one here. Anil says, "Poor people in Britain, laughable." Yes, I mean, I, compared to other countries, you go to countries where people are poor. People are sitting there begging on the street. These people can afford to smoke. They can afford to. They can afford to buy knocked off goods from shoplifters. That's what they, they, they can afford. We don't know the meaning of poor, I don't think, in this country. I'm convinced we don't. Um, Dick Fenix says June is available over the counter. Yeah, it's not the, not the right strength, though. The, the only decent one is the one on prescription, which you've got to fight to get hold of, I promise you. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Somebody said, how would you survive on benefits? Um, Well, I wouldn't be on benefits. I've never been on benefits in my entire life. I've always worked. Even when I didn't have a job, I didn't go on benefits. I'm not one of these spongers, I'm afraid. The very idea that people are actually going out there buying knocked-off stuff from shops because they can't afford to buy. Well, you just cut your cloth, don't you? That's called being a prat, as far as I'm concerned. I don't believe anything about this robbing the rich to give to the poor. If everybody robbed the rich to give to the poor, the rich would be as poor as the poor. It's like, you know, it's, it's okay, we, do, we don't like rich people, you know, we've got our free council house, we get, you know, we managed to get a car, a 40-inch colour television, and we all smoke, we've got six kids. Don't tell me about things like that. Uh, John says, I used to live in Warwickshire, and uh, in, a, in a quite well-to-do village called Noel, there was a very expensive shop called the Old Grandfather Clock Shop, and apparently somebody nicked one of the letters out of it to turn it into a root. Ru- imagine, really. I should imagine, though, in probably some of these little villages, there's more perversion going on than anywhere else. Don't ever be fooled by the Miss Marples and everything else. All these little, uh, all these little people going over there and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's always some murder price. There's some murder going on, isn't there, I'm afraid? Talk about murders going on. Apparently, Ian says you can fix your energy prices with EDF at today's prices until November 2016, three winters away. No penalty for leaving them if you see a better deal over the next three years. You can't lose. Oh, I always think it's never that easy. I never think it's that easy. I'm terrible. Uh, Steve, Morrissey needs a nice, a nice steak to cheer him up. Doesn't he, did, didn't he sort of do that meat is murder and he's just vegetarian? God, he's a bore, isn't he? He's so dull. So dull. It's like sort of, you know, still dragging out that tired old career of I'm really anarchistic and all that kind of thing. Uh, Mark says uh, it's very hard these days to find a good cafe where you can get decent fried bread. Nicely done. Most of them deep fry it in a chip and It comes out hard and too crispy. Yes, it shouldn't be like that. It's supposed to be. My mother used to do fried bread, and she did it in the frying pan after she'd cooked the bacon. So you've got the infused flavours of the bacon. Oh, it was delicious. And it was never... It was just a little bit crispy around the edges and soft in the middle, which is what it's supposed to be. When they deep-fried, it comes out like badly burnt toast. So not, not so good, I'm afraid. Not so good. Somebody says, Keith Lemon is about as funny as a kick in the privates, a one-joke act. Yes, in fact, not even one joke, I'm afraid. Not so good. Sheeta says, you're so right. I've always gone to the market for fresh fruit, veg, spent only a fiver yesterday and came home with a huge collie, cabbage, carrots, clementines, strawberries. False economy for pre-packed. If people have money for fizzy drinks, crisps and chocolates, they've got money for fruit and veg. But of course, that's why they all want it. All these people who sort of claim to be, you know, so poor and living on the bread line, they all manage to afford Kentucky Fried Chicken, take away pizzas. They can't cook for toffee. They cannot I've seen the Jeremy Carl show. These people don't look... They exist on a diet of fat, cheap, rubbish food. They don't, you know, they don't go out and and cook for themselves. And yet Sarah in St Albans, I should imagine, knows how to cook. She knows how to sort of go out there, buy some meat. You know, we would always, years ago, if you had a pressure cooker, you bought cheap cuts of meat, put it in there. Do you think any of these people that are buying off off the shoplifters have ever even heard of a pressure cooker? I shouldn't think so. They've got no idea. I shouldn't imagine there's anything in the kitchen that works apart from the kettle and the fridge to keep the beer cold. Can't be anything else, can there? Ridiculous. 84850, stevedlbc.co.uk. We shall weave uh, everything in on the programme. Uh, Another one here. Uh, This is... uh, Oh, it's uh, David Beckham. Those tattoos get worse and worse and worse. And here's his little daughter. And this is uh, Harper7. I still can't work out why she's called Harper7. Uh, and then the the burning anger, the huge rise in the British gas bills, blasted us just simply cruel, just simply cruel. Nicole uh, Scherzinger, I do wish she'd go back to America, I'm so bored with her, a failed pussycat doll. And uh, Prince William's first investiture, a bit of a disappointment, you're expecting the Queen in again Prince William. You know, oh, it's better than nothing, I suppose, isn't it?
0: News is next. Oh. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Four minutes past five. Welcome
1: to Friday. Welcome to another day, a mixture of sunshine and showers, and we look forward to the weekend of being a little bit better than it was last weekend. Uh, Bad news if you're with O2. They are putting up the cost. Of a mobile call to the 118 Directory Inquiries. Now, I don't know anybody who uses Directory Inquiries. I haven't used Directory Inquiries for years. I used to, but I don't now. And the reason I don't is because I go to the internet. And if I want to find out a number, I, I go to the internet and type in the company, and up comes the number. But apparently, if you call from 02 and you call Directory Inquiries, that now has gone up to £5 a minute. Five pounds a minute. They used to say. Do you remember? I I used to say, "No, thank you." On the odd occasion, I have used it. They say, "Would you like me to put you through to the number?" No, I'll dial it myself. Thank you very much indeed. Because I think you paid extra for that. There's also the horrendous pictures in the paper today of the uh, terrorist casually taking aim and gunning down a shopper in last month's Kenyan mall attack. It was somebody who um, they've they've managed to get this footage and they put it out on all the uh, news media's the other day. It, It only came out yesterday. Which shows the moment that terrified men, women and children run for their lives from the attackers. The attackers have got machine guns. Ironically, halfway through, they stop for praying. Presumably praying to their for their craven images because they went straight to hell the moment they were dead. This this man, uh cowered, hiding under a counter at the beginning of the uh, of the mole. It's a cashier's desk, I think, there. And the gunman comes in and you've probably seen it, they actually stop it before they actually show the uh, the moment and the gunman calmly takes out his uh, his gun and he shoots him at close range literally i mean these are these are machine guns so sprawled in a pool of blood this man desperately tries to gather the strength to crawl to safety drags himself into a sitting position uh, on the tiled floor but the gunman just walks back and shoots him again and you think I'm glad you've gone straight to hell because you know you're as sick as they come and uh, other people, you know, people were sort of hiding under fridges and all sorts of things. It must have been absolutely terrible. In the end, I think sixty-one, sixty-sixty-one civilians died, six Kenyan soldiers, and five attackers. I'm glad the attackers died, but I wish that I wish that they'd uh, they'd taken them out and hanged them. It would have been so much easier, wouldn't it? Just ghastly. But those those images are all over the the papers today. Uh, also, uh, Jimmy Savile and the ex police inspector. Oh, now then, now then, here we are. The bodyguard cop is now facing the probe. This is his police minder here. Uh, they've uh, they've accused him of acting on the DJ's behalf before his controversial interview over sex attacks on girls. It's not going to go away this Jimmy Savile story, is it? It really isn't. Anyway, um they they haven't quizzed this uh, this man yet. He was he was driving him as well. And of course in those days people wanted their picture taken with the celebrity. It was Jimmy Savile, but he was fairly ancient by that time. He must have been about eighty-four, I think, but I uh, say it doesn't make uh, doesn't make pleasant reading at all, I'm afraid. Uh, eight four eight five oh, stevedlbc.co.uk. Uh, through the keyhole, still on. It is still on, as far as I know. I haven't seen it though for a while. We did have the uh, the listings of um, of exactly who was it was coming up on it, which I always thought was more entertaining than actually going and looking at at somebody's house. Um Angela and Bob back under the duvet. What we would give to have you with us for a week, enough talk of fried bread and cooked breakfast. You'd have porridge with honey and nuts for breakfast, with toast and tea, with fully skimmed milk. Just thought you might have to leave out honey because of your diabetes. Lunch, home-baked cake and coffee, and then the main meal, chicken or fish with vegetables, possibly with a glass of wine. It's the use of the word possibly, which kind of puts me off. (laughs) It's, it's It's like lunch today. I think the person I'm going for lunch with doesn't drink. I'm pretty certain they don't drink, so I'm not sure whether or not I should drink. I'm always quite good at not drinking when, uh, when other people don't, don't drink. But the trouble is they know me in this restaurant and they know that I, I like a good bit of Chardonnay. Thank you. Richard says, David Jason makes a very interesting point in that with the BBC we have to pay via the licence fee for programmes and we should be entitled to good quality. Commercial television, on the other hand, chase ratings with programmes frequently appealing to the lowest common denominator to maintain advertising rates. Yes. That's how it works. It's, it's, but they're, they're, they're looking to bring out cheap programmes. I can remember at one point, ITV, I think it was ITV, they went for this overnight quiz programme. The budget was cheap. It was dead cheap. It was something like, I might have got this wrong, either, I think they were looking at eight grand an hour, eight thousand pound an hour. So consequently, the programmes they got were dire. They were absolutely awful. We had all sorts of things. There was some sort of quiz programme. I can remember Paul Ross was doing one. He said it paid quite well. He said it was like a grand if you went on for an appearance fee, which is, uh, which is not bad, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. And somebody says, you wouldn't dare put down the have-nots in front of O'Brien. Of course I would. It was silly. I'd tell him off every day. I tell him off every day, every single day. Apparently, Arthur's Kingsland Road, Dalston's, finest cafe fare, best full English and fried bread. Oh, dear. Malcolm, Saturday Night TV, Dom Jolly, X Factor and Keith Lemon all in one night. Good night, ITV, he says. Yes, I mean, I agree. Dom Jolly, deeply unfunny. X Factor, seen the act before. And uh, Keith Lemon, one trick pony not as exciting as it could be. Uh, mail today. What are they talking about? What are they talking about? Monkey business and why football has taken leave of its senses over racism. Richard Littlejohn. I don't know where Richard Littlejohn's based now. I'm sure he's not in this country. I'm sure he sort of writes it from abroad. And then when a fan fell ill after trying to make Delia Smith's recipe for chilli con carne, he set off a celebrity feud that is continuing to simmer more than 30 years later. Miss Smith has become embroiled in a war of words with former presenter Esther Ranson over accusations that the cookery writer failed to warn readers to pre-boil kidney beans to make them safe to eat. Miss Ranson reheated the row this week by claiming she was leaned on by her BBC bosses to apologise for broadcasting the claim in the consumer programme in the 1970s. Because do you remember they, they then had this big thing, I can remember it at the time, where they said, if you're going to eat red kidney beans, boil them first, because they've got, they've got things that can make you very, very ill. So that's why. I mean, At the time, Delia was the biggest earner. I think she was the Jeremy Clarks of her days. Her cookbooks were huge sellers, huge sellers. And why? Because her recipes worked. Well, anyway, the one person who complained to that's life had not actually followed my recipe. She said the chilli had been made in a porcelain dish, i.e. not flame-proof, and therefore placed in the oven cold. Miss Smith said there was never any question of her withdrawing publication rights. I've always assumed it was the production team that finally realised they'd acted irresponsibly and committed a libel. Whatever Miss Ranson thinks she now remembers. Delia Smith's cookery course, which has been reprinted many times, now contains a clear warning on the importance of cooking kidney beans thoroughly. She told the Mail last night that Miss Ranson's uh, remarks in the 1970s were very damaging because her original cooking instructions were perfectly safe. Oh, well, I mean, Esther Ranson, now, she's quite ancient, isn't she? I mean, she's what? 70, 70 something. And Sometimes she says. Sometimes you think she's saying. I always remember that they did cash in the attic, but they never showed you Esther's flash house because that would kind of sort of see. You know, she obviously wanted to be on television, and so she used a friend's house for her cash in the attic. Which so was cheating a little bit. Not exactly being as big as good as it could have been. Uh, a sound sleep puts your brain in detox. It's a lovely idea, isn't it? I quite like that idea because we spend a third of our lives doing it. I don't. Know I spoke to a friend of mine last night. He said he'd be grateful to get six hours sleep a night. But in fact, what what you have to do when you sleep, it gets the, the mind gets rid of all the the uh, the chemical clutter. So while the body's resting, the brain's hard at work removing toxins produced during our waking hours. So left to build up, these compounds can result in as as you know, Alzheimer's and other neurological diseases. So now they've got some uh, some some things you know some steps here to making sure that you get a good night's sleep, making sure that, you know, you do rest your little body, because otherwise it's uh, it's not good. It doesn't bode well for the future. There was a piece in the paper today, and I was amazed to discover it in the, uh, in the mail. It's, uh, oh, my God, OMG. They go, oh, my... OMG... OMG, spag Bowl, all that kind of stuff. It's just ridiculous, pathetic people. And it's the Essex look which has taken over, and they've got Amy Childs. Now, there's nothing the matter with the look. It's when she opens her mouth and you realise you're talking to a five-year-old. She can barely string two words together, poor soul. And they now say that this is, this is what you're supposed to be achieving. Kate's eyeliner, Pippa's fake tan, Nigella's brows. Everybody's copying the brassy style of The Only Wears Essex. If you want to look like an old brass, well, then fine. If that's the look, you only have to look at all the girls in The Only Way Essex. And I've said it time and time again, they don't look like anybody else in Essex. Go to any Essex party and things like that, they don't look like the old brassy look which they've got in Essex. Nobody walks down Brentwood High Street, troweled up to the nines, looking like some old drag queen, I'm afraid, like Amy Childs. It's when they open their mouths, listen to Lauren Goodshire. I mean, the poor soul can barely string two words together... The poor, who's the uh, the huge size of a whale on the... Pro- Gemma Collins. Again, opens her mouth, sounds like a three-year-old. Amy Charles sounds like a three-year-old. These people have never learnt to speak properly. They've never learnt to speak. They sort of trowel on their fake hair, tumbling from their shoulders, looking just as ridiculous as they possibly can do, and they say, this is what people want, the the tramp look. You want to look brassy. Well, if you want to look like this, fine. You know, if you want to show loads of cleavage, apparently cleavage is great, And so they've highlighted people like uh, Carol Vorderman, you know, who's, you know, it's very sweet, but she's old now, you know, and it's starting to look a little bit mutton. You've got to be a bit careful. There is a thin line between looking good and classy and looking a bit cheap, you know, and, you know, I did watch Loose Women the other day. It's got definitely worse. Colleen Nolan is just an embarrassment. You know, it's okay putting the thick person on the panel. It's lovely, but it's we need a bit more. You know, I need a little bit more. What? Oh, really? Oh, how lovely. We'll take a break. 14 minutes past five. Well, there you are. I do beg your pardon. I was just I was chatting away. Just, you know, just being a conversationalist with other people in the building. I like it when sort of people come into the building and you haven't seen them for a little while and they, sort of, and they pop down. When I say pop down, they have to pop down because this is the best way you're going to see our studio. And they pop in from other studios going, oh, I'm doing so, 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 which is lovely. Anyway, just going back briefly. To the Essex look, which they, which they say has taken over. I don't think it has taken over. I think it's always been there, but only in. I mean, we've always had people showing lots of cleavage. I mean, that's what that's what a lot of the boys like, don't they? They like lots of cleavage, big hair. Of course, is great, but but what looks really sad now is these cheap, tacky extensions. And you and you see everybody doing them. What what worries me is that people are, you know, having their makeup done professionally because they're doing it. But yet, it's you don't want them to open their mouths. You don't really want... Who's that girl who's on... Oh, it's Abby Clancy, who's great-looking. Don't open your mouth, dear. Please don't open your mouth. You know, and the same with these people here. They says here, orange tan, you've got to be the colour of creme brulee. Well, I don't know who these people are. I don't see them. I see a few brassy-looking people, and brassy is the best way to describe it, out in Leicester Square, going to nightclubs. In fact, when we were filming earlier on, we had a, we had a peep into the square, and there's a girl sitting on a wall, obviously desperately looking around, going, where's my girlfriend, sitting next to some bloke who looked slightly dodgy. And she was dressed, what I would call, inappropriately. You know, I know the old argument is, you know, just because a woman dresses inappropriately doesn't mean she's easy or anything like that. Well, then you don't go out into a place where there are lots of drunk men and people who don't understand this because they, they, they treat people differently. You know, if you had Amy Childs walking through, I mean, she's famous for nothing. She's famous for nothing. If she's having to go back, as they were hinting the other week, to The Only Where's Essex, you know it's all gone, it's going pear shaped. They've got to get some, some sort of profile because nobody's interested. They've suddenly realised that she's a bit dim. And it doesn't help. You know, you've got Anthea Turner. Obviously not the bright spark she thought she was. You know, she thought she was really clever and, you know, big and patronising. the fold a towel. And we're going, go away. Go away. I don't want to be patronised by that. Women don't want to be patronised. Carol Vorderman, you know, does it. All right, she's got a new man. He's a pilot. And God knows, don't we know about it. And somebody said the other day, she's not still here. I thought she was flying around the world. Well, that seems to be taking for ages. Uh, Zara Phillips was wearing these shoes. I mean, most of these girls cannot walk around in the shoes that the Only Wears Essex crowd wear. Because you can, you, can only, you can only model them. You can't walk in them. You've only got to look at, the you know, some of the poor creatures that wander around the streets in the early hours of the morning and we see them in the early hours of the morning. These people can't stand up. Sometimes they have to take the shoes off because they, all they've done is they've been out, they've put them on in the shop, they've walked up and down for six pet, pa- and that's it. They then think they can wear shoes. You can't. The other thing which 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 people think they should have now is the botoxed forehead. And to be honest with you, you know, if you really really want to inject poison into yourself, well then fine, it's your business, but it it it's not for me even though I thought about it. Uh you've got to have lash extensions. That's eyelash extensions. You can have eyelashes inserted individually, you can have your eyebrows tattooed on, which is a which I mean it's it's, it's actually quite quite a laborious process looking after your eyebrows. You know, so you, I mean, you can end up with eyebrows like Nigella. There is a couple of girls on some of the jewellery channels. I mean, they just look ridiculous. Never seen anything like it. Nude lips is very is very popular. People like nude lips, not not sort of bright red lipstick, heavy eyeliner. You know, if in doubt, shove a load on. Bit like sort of Duchess of Cambridge. So loads of eyeliner and uh, and white teeth. Well, nobody's got white teeth. They just don't exist. They're all bleached now, and they look ridiculous. You've only got to see poor old Ryland to realise what the word ridiculous means. You know, how to look that daft. It's a bit like that sort of kind of stellar English look, isn't it? Caught in headlights, you know, woman with no money, no career, no life. 23 minutes past uh, five. It's more of your uh, texts and uh, emails flooding in, as they say. Uh, 84850 uh, Steve at lbc.co.uk Benefits are there for necessities, not luxuries, says Lisa I'm on sickness benefits through mental and physical illnesses Lost my partner through, uh, through death Would love to work, sadly I'm told I can't as I've been written off I have to pay bedroom tax for years, as in private rented Plus now council tax I live within my means, my TV's 12 years old Some people do not prioritise. A friend of mine has the same money as me and complains she doesn't get enough, which angers me. She buys rubbish. Benefits are there for necessities, not luxuries. I feel left out as I've never bought stolen goods. Oh, it's just a feeble excuse, Lisa, as you know. As you know, people who buy stolen goods, oh, it's because we can't afford to buy them properly. I was always told, if you want something, save up for it. You know, if, if, if you want a car, save up for it. If you want some new clothes, save up for them. That was the whole idea. You can go into shops now. They're throwing credit cards at you. Have a credit card. Have a credit card. You know, buy this, buy that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not remotely interested. You know, I, if, if, if I want something, I'll save up for it, or I'll go without to afford something else. But they, people don't want that now. It's, it's a case of, why wait till tomorrow? Have it today. Have it. We all do it, don't we? A friend of mine just showed me a, um, a very nice Samsung phone, which actually is, is big. I mean, he's only tiny. And on him, it looks, it looks like he's holding an iPad up to his ear, but it's, it's really nice. I looked at my phone and I thought, I like my phone. Fo- I like his better. And I said, how much is it? He said, it's about £600. Now, if I want that, then I'll, I'll save up for a couple of months and I'll go without something else. Can't think what at the time, you know, but it's like, I don't smoke anymore, so I don't have to spend the money on smoking. I shall go out for lunch today. I shall pay, because the person I'm going out, out for lunch with uh, isn't earning a huge amount of money at the moment. So I, and I enjoy doing that. I don't look at that uh, as being patronising or anything. I just look at this. We're just going out for a bit of lunch. You pay next time. Who cares? Nobody worries about that. Anybody tell you they go out for lunch with me, 99.9% of the time I pay because I want to. Because actually I'm terrible at other people paying. I I really, it frightens me. I don't know why. It's a a strange thing, isn't it? It's an inbuilt thing. Really, really odd. Uh, 84850. I don't know if you watch Buzzcocks. The host was your favourite and no mention of how much he loves his kids. Yes, apparently Peter Andre. Somebody wrote to me, in fact, a former producer of mine. She wrote to me and she said she watched him uh, on Nevermind the Buzzcocks and she's warm to him now. She finds him... Uh, I'll tell you exactly what she said because I was so... In fact, I was so horrified I didn't, I didn't bother replying back again. This is uh, Peter, Peter Andre. And uh, she wrote to me yesterday, I've just watched Peter Andre presenting Nevermind the Buzzcocks uh, he came across as strangely endearing. I've now found faith in him. Oh, dear. Pete loves his kids. kids. Actually, the, the moment we don't see him on t- he's just, he's another needy one. He's a little bit needy. He's a little bit like the ex-wife, very needy. You know, Alex Reed luckily has disappeared. Chantel's another one who's needy. They all sort of go out there, you know, Talisa, needy. They're all sort of people that need the media. They feed off it. It's like some horrible virus, I'm afraid, that uh, that just drives me... Um, and, you know, just insane uh, <clears throat> I've just got out of my freezer a double pack of mince to make spaghetti bolognese we don't do spag bol on this programme I'm afraid Sarah, we don't call it spag bol, it's called spaghetti bolognese, and a couple of small shepherd's pies, plus chicken breast to make a casserole with plenty of veg and bacon, to make some pasta dishes with my homemade cheese sauce, plus a cauliflower and broccoli cheese, all made by myself, loads of it go in the freezer, so dinners are already made, that's what people should do Oh, my friend Helena does the same. She'll say to me, i say, what are we doing today? And <clears throat> she'll say, well, I've made some cakes and I've, uh, I've made some casseroles and I've put some things in the freezer. My mum used to freeze it all those years ago. If she didn't eat all of her dinner, she would save it, let it get cold and then freeze it. And she'd make something else up out of it. Nowadays, people don't do home economy. They've got no idea how to make your money go further. You know, if you want to go out to supermarkets and buy expensive ready meals at nine quid, that's why wasn't Jamie Oliver came out and said he could do a family meal for less than a fiver? You've just got to go out and shop properly. All this rubbish about you need to buy off shoplifters because you haven't got any money is just garbage. It's just garbage. I bet if you go around to these people's houses, what do they do there? Yeah, there's a couple going get some chips, kids. Get the local chippy. Get some chips. Go and get a takeaway pizza. Let's go and get a bargain bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Let's go and get this, let's go and get that, let's go and get a kebab. It's all false economy. You know, a, a kebab now is about, I think, a, a large kebab and chips. It's something like seven or eight quid. I want to go to this place up at Piccadilly Circus here. It's the only fast food place at night, which is open really late. We've got the Kentucky, which has been cleaned up, because it had to be, because of their infestation. And, uh, and you've got McDonald's over the other side. But the, um, this, uh, this kebab place, the prices are unbelievable people must have more money than cents. Ridiculous. You could go home, you know, for seven quid. You could do a meal for two people. Well, in fact, Mars and Spencers approved it. They can make a profit on a meal for two with a bottle of wine for a tenner. A tenner. And other places can do it a little bit cheaper. So if they can do it, and that's packaging it and everything else, why can't other people learn how to do it? Jamie Oliver's been banging his head on about this for ages. How to make cheap meals. I think Gordon Ramsay was showing the other day, he's got his kids making things and showing you how to make these meals. And yet, for some reason, it goes in one ear and comes out the other. Nobody seems to bother. In my day, if your mum did any cooking, the kids would be in the, in the kitchen watching. I'm not saying that I can cook now, but I can certainly, you know, I can, I can sort of get some mince out of the freezer, put it on the, the stove in a wok or something like that, add some ingredients. Even if you stick a tin of beans in it, make it more interesting. You know, all this feeble excuse about, you know, we we can't do this and that. Every time you turn on the television, somebody's showing you how to do something cheap. You know, cauliflower, cauliflower cheese sauce. Not that Sarah can manage it. She's only on 500 quid a month, for goodness sake. Absolutely ridiculous, honestly. People just want excuses nowadays, don't they? What did they have on the television the other day, apart from the, the Jer- dreadful Jeremy Carr show? It was a double, a double lie detector test. I thought how desperately sad are these ignoramuses who go on the television want to parade their lives in front of people I just i just give up completely I'm afraid Oh here she is Sarah Harding talking about non-entities I'm afraid the former girl's allowed star there was no star about it I'm afraid I bet she'll be the next one declaring bankruptcy you've just got a feeling haven't you they're going out so she's she's pictured and uh, she's very into juicing at the moment apparently and that's really that's the most exciting thing in Sarah Harding's life she's going juicing i would think actually at the age of 31 darling getting a proper job might be advisable you're 31 you're not 18 for goodness sake you need to grow up a little bit 8850 stevenlbc.co.uk. it's the caring way to start your day in london town this is where early morning london come out to enjoy a little bit of a little bit of bitching time now 5:30 <laughs>
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: 26 minutes. No, it's not. It's 27 minutes. To I'm just willing the day away. I'm ever so sorry. I know sometimes you stand there waiting on the station thinking, oh, God, I'm, I love every day going to train stations I've got this fixation with trains now I like it yesterday the train was so so late it ended up not going to where it should have gone and so a lot of people had to get off at Richmond all these kids are running up the platform quick 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 and at at Twickenham as well running to get buses to take them to Teddington because the train had decided that because it was running late it was going to do a a different route and of course I was surprised to see kids on the train anyway because I thought they were all on strike I thought parents, uh, sorry, the, uh, the school teachers that had gone on strike, so square, <laughs> they weren't going to be there. How wrong could I be? They were all on the blooming train. So perhaps it's the, uh, it's the posh private schools that the teachers didn't go on uh, on strike. Uh, Charlie says, uh, I particularly liked hearing about your early morning dalliance with the police ladies. I like dalliances with police ladies. I'm quite good with police. We used to have two round here in Leicester Square, and I used to encounter them on Sunday morning, and they worked at Charing Cross... And they were lovely. They were really nice. I like, I like police officers. My mum used to work for the police years ago. And uh, all the, the young police officers used to go around her flat for coffee and stuff like that. Because apparently if you're in the police force, it's a bit difficult to make friends. Very difficult for them to make friends outside of the police force. Because you never know when you're going to have to arrest somebody. That's in the Jimmy Savile case. And so, consequently, they used to go around to my mum's flat and she'd bake and cook for them and sort of provide them with food and stuff like that. And it was, it was great because they had somebody, you know, of an older generation able to talk to about all their sort of problems because it's a bit difficult. If you're in the police force, you know, you're, you're running by the seat of your pants in some areas, I should imagine. Uh, what's outselling burgers and hot dogs in America? What is outselling? Not, not chicken or anything like that. Tortillas, apparently. You haven't had tortillas. I quite like tortillas. Tortilla chips um, and burritos. I've had a burrito. Is that the wrap where they put all the stuff? That's quite nice. Blimmin' messy. Very messy. A burrito is... But I, I do like it. And there's a few Mexican places in London. There's a very good one up by Covent Garden, which is huge. And I thought it was a whole food shop. You go downstairs and it's a it's a Mexican restaurant. It's lovely. It's making my mouth water again. And it was like sort of one of these giant wraps with all sorts of shredded chicken in it. Oh, it was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. I'm sure it's terribly, terribly fattening, but I thought it was brilliant. I love stuff like that, especially on a Friday. Uh, the Essex look, Steve. My Sam, says Kevin the milkman, is originally from Plasto. But since I dragged her kicking and screaming to Harlow, she's become addicted to getting false nails. I joked one day she must be turning into an Essex girl. Another cold night in the doghouse. I know, never say that to anybody. You know, and then somebody else, I I mentioned this one on the programme, Amy Childs, her claim to fame is she appeared on the Sooty Show playing a thick receptionist. Typecasting or what, Steve? Yes, I agree. She was playing, she was playing a thick receptionist. (laughs) Oh, dear. But that's the trouble, you see. I mean, if if you, you know, they all try and do it, don't they? You know, you watch Katie Price on any programme and she drones on about how the media get it right. You know, it's just, it's just rubbish. It's the same same old stuff she trots out day in day out. Well, I've done the Sarah Harding story, haven't I? Thirty one, but uh, as I say, needs needs to get herself a proper job. All this rubbish about going back into the charts, Popsykins. It's not going to be happening. I don't see your booking either for the uh, Royal Variety performance this year. Ollie Murs, of course, is booked for it. And uh, who else would we say? It was uh, it's that. Uh, is it that uh, Liverpudlian who's going to be hosting? Is it Kevin? Is it Kevin Bishop? Is it John Bishop? Kevin Bishop. John Bishop, thank you. Um, What else did we find today? Oh, Nadine Coyle. It's because she's pregnant. And uh, apparently she bought a special support pillow. So, you know, they all turn up, don't they? Looking a bit shifty with their dark glasses on and somebody takes their picture and uh, then they go, oh, hi, hi. Where are you going? I'm going to go and buy a support pillow. (laughs) They're so needy, aren't they? They're so needy. Uh, Inspired by Marge Simpson... In other words, she's a bit of a cartoon character. Billy Fahirs, enjoying a night out with the girls. God, they really are naff, the sisters, aren't they? I mean, they really are. If ever there was a joke twosome, this would have to be it, I'm afraid. And uh, a night out with the girls, sort of a night out again with the girls. It's a bit dreary, isn't it? here they are with Lucy Mecklenburg, again. Does she ever stay in? Answer not. And this dreadful Fern McCann. Whose, uh, whose boyfriend ditched her oh pop it is it because you're dull and boring or is it because you just look a bit brassy which seems to be the new word of the day and at the end after they'd film finished filming at Sugar Hut I thought they weren't using Sugar Hut anymore I thought that had been that had been ditched but uh, Fern with it's in tears because uh, Charlie Sims left her, whoever he is. I think he's Chloe Sims' younger sister, brother, nephew, or something. Anyway, and uh, so they went for pizza. So class, isn't it? So class. The only two girls who look like—I mean, when they when they go out dressed up, it's very odd. They parted in Sugar Hut. Perhaps they, but they said they finished filming at Sugar Hut. But I thought that they weren't filming at Sugar Hut anymore. I thought he'd he'd had enough of the uh, the only way is Essex crowd. I know the rest of us have. Absolutely dreary. Helen Mirren still looks good, doesn't she? We like Helen Mirren. She's, uh, she's very nice. You wait till you... Oh, I tell you what we've got. We've got two clips coming up for you in, uh, in about a minute's time of two of the guests on In Conversation this week. One of them is the very lovely Sheila Hancock and the other is the equally lovely Jude Law. They're both going to be with me on Sunday morning on LBC. Before that, we'll have the best of. And this week, it's part this week and part... Last week, because last week uh, we shelved the, the best of Steve Allen because we had LBC at 40, which was a super programme with Clive Bull, which you can download on the LBC website. And, um, and so what we've done is we've, we've, we've brought back, you haven't heard this before, well you have heard it, but it's been brought back again because we were talking about LBC at 40, so half of the the programme this week is last week. And half of it is this week. Does that make sense to you? Of course it does. But in conversation, the actress who is virtually theatre royalty, Sheila Hancock, who tells me a good challenge can often make her forget how tough acting can be. I could live without working, but I, I don't know why. It's, it's ki- like a kind of illness. This script came through my door, and I thought it was challenging and wonderful, actually. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'd really like to do that. Now I'm doing it. I'm thinking, why am
0: I doing this? <laughs> eight shows a week. I'm knackered.
1: She's so, she's so honest. We had such a good chat, actually. She, there's a lot of laughing in this interview. A lot of laughing. A lot of laughing. But the second guest this week is somebody who's no stranger to the red carpet, Jude Law. Love him to pieces, love him to pieces, and uh, he was telling me why he couldn't drink during filming. It's it's, it's a it's a strange one. this. a lot of you know, even when the character had to drink, you know, he he had to be very careful. You can't you can't turn up at work drunk because you you can't because. Oh, hello. Well, well, no, not on a film set. I certainly <laughs> haven't done. I mean, you hear great stories of, uh, of, Richard of the greats who did, <laughs> and I have no one. I mean. Apart from anything, I'd be I'd be so kind of paranoid that I'd nod off or get it, ro- you know. Yeah. I, I personally wouldn't be able to get away with it. But there was an awful lot of drinking at night because the spirit of Don would often, you know, you can't sit on set all day talking about drinking and then not going and have a drink when <laughs> they, when they say rap. Such a nice man, isn't it funny? I've a sneaking feeling he doesn't smoke, and the reason I say that is because his voice, you know, you, you wouldn't believe he's got two two grown up children. He, he barely looks grown up himself. So uh, both. Sheila Hancock and Jude Law with me this weekend in conversation. That's six o'clock on Sunday morning. And uh, still to come, we'll have Daniel Radcliffe. We've got the lovely Helen Lederer. She's got two shows coming up at the St James's Theatre. I must tweet about that, actually. And um, who else have we got? Oh, James Corden, of course. Ben Kingsley and uh, Amanda Holden as well. She's got an autobiography out where she talks about... I'm going to try and find out for her. I won't transmit it, but I'd just like to know for my own... Uh, my own peace of mind, she said that there was a famous comedian who, when she was going out with Les Dennis, groped her, and, um, and she thought this is just inappropriate. She was at a, a, a posh do, I think, at the Dorchester or something like that. So I'm going to have to ask her privately who it is. I can't, you know, I've, I wouldn't be doing my job, but I can't probably release the name to you, but at least I shall know about it, which is more interesting. Uh, So we'll we'll see how we get around that one. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe was at the London Film Festival uh, for the premiere of Kill Your Darlings. He plays Alan Ginsberg. It's about a murder in 1944. It's a true story, which draws him together with Jack Kerouac and William Burroughs. And uh, Daniel and I had a, a good chat the other day. A really good chat, you know, a very, very nice chat. And so you'll be hearing that in about a week's time. He's such a, he's such a grounded person. He's such a down-to-earth person. You won't find anybody. Anybody you ever ask about Daniel Radcliffe, they'll all say the same thing. What a nice person. What a nice person. Jubilee line now running. Severe delays. There's a full update on uh, at LBC 97.3 at uh, about quarter to six this morning. Uh, 84850, uk. We shall weave everything in. Well, everything that we can—that is legal and decent—apparently um, a burrito is a Spanish word for a little donkey. my—I think it's—I think it's not called a burrito, is it? Is it called a burro? It's burro, I think. I, I mean, I, I don't want to sort of, you know, embarrass you by sort of putting down the fact that you're not quite as bright as you thought you were. But I think it's a burro, isn't it? And that is a small ass. Kind of sums it up, doesn't it, Miles, really? I don't know what I can say after that. I don't know what I can say. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And uh, oh, I tell you, there's a, there's a great uh, there's a great piece in one of the papers today on the Osmonds who are coming back for this uh, this tour. But the, but the question they ask is, which Osmonds are they? Like the amazing Miss, Mr Blundon, isn't it? And uh, oh, there's a, oh, there's a lake for sale. If you fancy buying me a lake, this one is lovely. It's for sale on eBay... And it's been eulogised by William Wordsworth. It's a mile and a half long. It's in one of the most beautiful parts of the Lake District. Oh, I love it! I mean, this is this isn't I could do with this. Three hundred thousand pounds for a lake. Now that seems quite reasonable to me. It's the first lake they say to have actually gone on sale. Uh, normally people get rid of clothes or concert tickets, but it's been put on the market by Nigel Woodhouse, who's made a living from showing visitors around it for thirty-two years, but he wants to retire. He plans to sell the lease on the lake together with his tourism business so his good work can continue. How lovely. It's got, uh, the lease has got 15 years left, but it can be extended. Uh, Esthwaite Water, a beautiful place. The view is exquisite. Beatrix Potter invented her character Jeremy Fisher on its banks and described it as her favourite lake. The package includes some land, a Victorian boathouse, fisherman's lodge, shop and cafe. He's hoping around £300,000, which is about the same price as a one-bedroom flat in London. What would you rather have? A lake with a little business attached to it? I think it's going to go way higher than 300000 That's why he's put it on eBay. He's not daved. Seems very good value. So flog your little flat, buy this. You've got a living and somewhere to live and a cafe so you can eat at the same time. It's too perfect. Quarter to six. Objective status.
0: LBC 97.3 This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Uh, Morning, everybody. Ten to six is the time. Hope you are well. Says Noreen. Uh, Get wishes. Get. Try and read, Stephen, please. Could you send uh, get better soon wishes to Sue? She's been in the wars. And happy birthday to Joe. Lovely, late Gloria Feldman's daughter, uh, who you'll have met at the shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, in fact, uh, I can give Joe and Michelle, Gloria's daughters, a mention because they're laying a stone this weekend. John Warrington sent me an email and said, it's been a year since Gloria passed away. A year now. My goodness me. Does time go fast, girls? Does it go fast? It really does. So uh, good luck with that. A year, honestly. Frightening. I was saying to somebody... The other, who was I saying earlier on? Oh, my doctor. I was crossing the road in Twickenham. I bumped into my doctor. And I was saying, where has this year gone? You know, it's. she said it's frightening. She said, I think we get to a certain age. And all of a sudden, she said... You know, you're at the beginning of the week, and then the next thing, you're at the end of the week. It's absolutely amazing. So, time whizzes past. Time whizzes past. So, uh, another 60s show in St Albans today. She's booking, including Dave Berry, who you interviewed on a Sunday a couple of years ago. I've an amazing memory of people nowadays. Absolutely amazing memory. So, so good luck with that one. I know you like those 60s shows very much indeed. We were just worrying about, uh, actually, Paul of Manchesterford. He said, loads of fun this morning. Uh, We've had catheter gate part two got up at 345 to make our usual before show cuppa find the whole blooming thing had come out now after a visit from two district nurses all back to normal even so Bill insisted on listening as usual and the result end result two new listeners who said they've never heard anything like you before (laughs) that is true say good morning and thank you to Julie and Karen for all their help they reckon you should be available on prescription. Do you know, not the first time we've heard that. I know it's a funny thing to say, but you've said that. Somebody said that to me a short while ago because they were going through a particularly bad time. They were sort of... They were very sick. They were very ill. They were having a lot of chemo. And they said listening to LBC 97.3 at this ludicrous time of the day uh, actually kind of got them out of themselves, made them feel a little bit better about it. I think it's good, actually, to get angry in the morning. Don't you think it's fantastic? I love it. Apparently very good for the heart. Very good for the heart. But I was thinking about you because uh, you'll love it... Paul up on, uh, and Noreen and everybody else up on YouTube is a little visit round the building today. We promised that we'd do it a couple of weeks ago. and We finally got round it. It only runs about six minutes. It's only a little thing. But already over 100 people have had a quick look at it. So it's, it's your opportunity. And uh, it comes up under, uh, if you go to uh, to YouTube, oh, I've missed it. it. comes up under YouTube, doesn't it? And it's uh, Steve Allen's mini tour of LBC 97.3. It's a little mini tour in the building. And, oh, 140 people have looked at it now. It's cute, isn't it? So, uh, now is the opportunity. Unfortunately, the one thing I will tell you, I'm wearing my shirt that makes me get very sweaty. <laughs> so, that's why. If you start thinking, oh, perhaps it's different shading on the shirt. No, it isn't. Unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, it's sweating. 8 for 8, 5, 0. Steve Karen says, I've had to pull over to text you, as I've just seen one of those lorries full of cows on the way to the... Abattoir. I know. I feel like winding down the window and going, you're not coming back, but I, oh, you don't like to do it, do you? It's awful. Andrew and Sarah to remarry in Scotland in a few weeks. Is this, is this Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson? Oh, dear, what a ghastly man. Mind you, I suppose they, they, they deserve each other. She calls him her rock, doesn't she, or something like that, or... I think she said she'd look... Well, anyway, whatever it is. I'm just having a quick look and seeing who's, who's touring, who I need to buy tickets for. Do I need to buy tickets for Steve Hackett? Or do I need to buy tickets for the X Factor live tour 2014? We don't know who's on it. Or Boyzone, the anniversary tour. And they're all over the place, aren't they? I mean, generally speaking. And Joan Rivers, quick catcher before they close the lid. That's what the tour's called. It's not me being rude at all, in any way, shape or form. Although I I could quite easily with Joan Rivers, who I have to warn you, is adults only. She's extremely rude. She's extremely rude. And somebody was doing, I think it's Stacey Solomon, flying into arenas. And she's touring Peter Pan. She's playing Tinkerbell. So she'll be on wires. Oh, Lord. That's, uh, that's, that's very brave, to go in on wires. I know a lot of people. Kirby's are the people who do the flying for a lot of people. So Peter Pan is touring in Newcastle, Glasgow, London, Leeds, Manchester, Nottingham, Birmingham, uh, from this December. How are they going to manage that one? I've got them perhaps to do a week in each place. So she'll fly in, so they've got Captain Hook, and and the kids can boo and hiss and do all that that kind of thing. Michael Bolton is touring, and still Gary Barlow. Perhaps they have to sort of put this down for 2014, that he's sold out. So it can sort of rub it in people's faces, which is good. Uh, the Osmonds are touring together with David Essex, Shawaddy Waddy, Waddy Waddy, and Les McEwan's legendary Bay City Rollers. He was a guest on In Conversation. Anton and Erin, that's Tony Beak, is out there again, dancing around the Albert Hall. I never understand why people want to go and watch that, but apparently people like it. Uh, Delamitri and Only Men Allowed, this Christmas, uh, they're appearing. What are they going to bring in? Oh, no, they've got special guest Jack Topping. Where are, where are only, um, only Boys Allowed? I still I, st- I you know I I listen to them in the car I bought their so I sing along to it. I'm so pathetically stupid. I sing along to Am um, Only Boys Allowed and that you can find as well on YouTube. Just type in Only Boys Allowed and uh I can't remember the Sossan Far, not Sossan Far, what is it called? Something far. Anyway, uh which is a lovely song. They they sing in Welsh but they do sing in English as well. But uh Great bunch of people, and I think they also feature Only Men allowed in one of their shows when they've done some uh, some stuff. 83850, uh, Steve at LBC. Oh, the, uh, there's a bit of country. If you're a country fan, I love country music. And this time you get uh, Zach Brown Band, the Dixie Chicks, uh, Sunday 10th of March, Brad Paisley. Uh, this is all at the O2, actually, so if you like country... That is the place for you. But I'm, I'm afraid for me, it's, it's going to be the Osmonds, David Essex, Shawaddy Waddy and Les McEwan's Bay City Rollers. Plus, there's another show coming in with Bill Medley. And I think we've got the Foundations and Drifters and Gary Puckett and the Union Gap. Sue and Shepperton says, Steve, you would never sweat. You positively glow. Thank you. I don't know, it does look like sweat. <laughs> when I watched it, I suddenly realised, oh, no. And on a blue shirt as well. Even uh, even worse, uh, eight four eight five zero. Um, another one here. Oh, the Soweto Gospel Choir are coming over to do a tour. It's their their tenth anniversary, and there's a horrible story in the paper today of fishermen going out there killing dolphins to catch sharks. And you know, dolphins. I don't. I mean, I know dolphins can um, can be quite. Vociferous when it comes to eating other fish and stuff like that, and they're not maybe as cuddly as we think they are. They're very intelligent. But then I think a lot of fish are very intelligent. But these fishermen go out there on their boats and they spear them, I mean, with these electric harpoon guns, just so they can literally cut them to pieces and feed them so they can bait and catch sharks, because they're after the sharks. They want the uh, the shark's fins. But what they do with, with the dolphins is they just cut off the... Um, the fins, and then they just throw them into the sea. I mean, it's just, it's just disgusting. It really is. Uh, 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. David says, enjoyed the, uh, the video on Twitter this morning of the tour of LBC and the global studios and offices. Oh, said a tiny bit of it. A tiny bit of it. Very smart, isn't it? And the In Conversation studio, very cosy, looks like the broom cupboard, albeit smart and technical. Do you and Nick Ferrari use the same studio? Absolutely. Absolutely, I sit in the same studio as Nick Ferrari and uh, James O'Brien and Julie Hartley Brewer and Ian Dale and Clive Bull, but uh, Larry Lamb and who else? Andrew Castle as well. Petrie, we're all in. It. The only people who aren't in here, Duncan. <laughs> who sits next door, and you see that, and Anthony Davis as well, and Nick Abbott, so, and Christo. So they're, they're in the next door bit, which is what you see on the little video. So, morning to Noreen, Barbara, and all the regulars, and thank heavens. It's Friday, says David. Yes, I, I cannot agree more. It's gas bills today. That's the big thing that is going to hurt you over, over Christmas. And uh, it's, it's just bad news. But we did predict it on LBC. We did say a short while ago... That, in fact, it's it's not going to get better. And once one put up the prices, the rest are going to put up the prices as well. Not good news, is it? Please wish five-year-old William Weir luck, Steve. He's just been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And he's doing a 10-mile cycle ride for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation in Colchester tomorrow. So good luck to uh, to William Weir for that type 1 diabetes. You can cope with it. Lots of people do. Lots of people cope with it. But uh, quite an achievement for a little five-year-old, isn't it? To be dealing with something like that. So, uh, So best of luck. But there's some great support out there. So, so good luck with that. It's uh, LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast coming up to the news at 6 o'clock. We're back the other side of that. We'll run through the front pages of the papers so you know exactly what you're waking up to. But I can tell you it's, it's either back pain for the express. They're not, not too worried about the energy prices. They do talk about them, but not in much detail as the sun, who've really got a campaign and the mirror this morning. Details t'other side of the news. <laughs>
0: LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen.
1: Morning everybody, five past six, it's Friday. Oh yeah. Do you know I've just I've just changed my running order for today. I've just decided I've just made a decision. I was gonna hang around afterwards because I've got lunch in town, and then I thought I'll go home. I'll go home first. And then I can sort of change and then come back in. I don't want to wear the same shirt again. And then I could change and come back into town. So I might, I might drive back into town later. Neil has just come back uh, from, from Cornwall. He said the internet was awful. Looking forward to hearing the Sheila Hancock in conversation. She sounds lovely. We had such a laugh. We had such a laugh. And she's no spring chicken but she does use rude words in this, barking in Essex. i better warn you now, just in case people think. But it's, it's bums on seats, and that's what Jude Law does, and that's what Daniel Radcliffe does, and that's what James Corden does, and they're all very topical, very in the news, and have all been in for In Conversation. Amanda Holden will do next week, and uh, she'll be talking about her autobiography. Thank you for the, uh, for the Vegas memories as well. Sent me in a nice picture of the Bellagio. I do like the Bellagio, actually. It's, it's nice. I like all these kind of things. Josiah, so right, says Glenn, about the energy price-fixing. The listeners signing up to the new EDF 2016 price freeze will pay 11% more per unit for gas and a staggering 22% for electric, with immediate effect if uh, on and compared with their 2014 price guarantees. It's, it's the story that's on the front of all the papers this morning. It's the one thing that you don't want to hear going into, we've been told, a very cold winter, the time when you're going to be putting on the heating, the time when you're going to be sort of sitting there wrapped up indoors as British gas have put up the prices by 9.2%. The Sun are saying, why don't you switch? Hit them where it hurts, because you've got the power. You can sign the petition... To, uh, to cut the hated green levies. And then on the mirror, they've got the energy boss, Chris Weston, sparking fury by refusing to ditch his £2 million bonus after hitting families with sky-high price rises. I'm putting your gas bill up 10%. Now, where's my bonus, it says. I mean, I understand how people in business get paid. They get paid for doing a particular job. They're there to make sure that they turn a company around and the company produces a profit. But unfortunately, wages have not gone up at the same time. It's just, it's just more expense. There's something else you'll have to cut back on. There's something else you'll have to sort of go without to pay your bills. Because if you don't pay the bills, they threaten to cut you off. I don't think legally they can do it if you're a pensioner. I think there are the ways and means round it. If you say, listen, I mean, why should people sit there? You hear these horrendous stories of pensioners sitting there. It might be, now, it might be even now with a little one-bar electric fire on. Difficult though it might seem in this day and age, there are still some places that don't have central heating. And if they do, they don't know how to operate it properly to make sure that it's giving them the best. Storage heaters, I always thought, were the biggest waste of time ever. Storage heaters was a heater with bricks in it. And it heated the bricks up and at the right time released the heat. But it was, it was just ridiculous. It was, uh, most, I don't even know if you can still buy these things. My brother's got these little convector heaters on the wall. And I've yet to ask him how much his uh, his builds have worked out at, because they're electric, but uh, his, his flat was freezing. I mean, it really was freezing. It had this warm air heating, and that was it was the worst ever. And so I changed it, and I spent £1,000 putting in this these radiators. And now, in the places like Toast, it was really... It was, it was the best investment, I think. Absolutely. Well, for him, he froze to death every year. Every time we used to... We would practically sit, sit round there in our coats for Christmas lunch. <laughs> So uh, so he's, he's much better now with that. In fact, he only needs one on in the hall, and it seems to heat the whole place. You leave the doors open, it's, it's fantastic. So when they say on the front of the Mirror and the front of the Sun and the other papers as well that they're putting the gas bills up 10%, some people are struggling with them at the moment. So it's going to get even worse. Nick Ferrari will be talking about this after the news at seven later on today. Uh, grandparents, Britain's shame. Britain should be ashamed says Jeremy Hunt, the way it treats grandparents. Now, what was I saying not three days ago? We don't treat the elderly very well in this country. In other countries, they bring them into the family. I appreciate the fact that there are some people who are very ill and they need specialist care and that costs money. And so it's not easy. You know, some people cannot deal with dementia because that can just drive families to destruction. The person who's got the dementia doesn't know the misery and the heartache that they're causing, and it's a very difficult decision for a lot of people. But the health secretary is going to warn that a million elderly are left forgotten and isolated because friends and relatives fail to visit them. I don't know whether or not you just think, you know, oh, I'm sure they've got next-door neighbours they see. There was a piece, which I was reading yesterday, which said there are something like a million people who are lonely in this country. A million people who are lonely, who nobody knows about. Because nobody likes to say, do they? I'm terribly sorry, but I'm, I'm quite lonely. Can you come? Because people are proud. They don't want to be seen as lonely. And they turn to the television and they turn to the radio. You know, in the early hours of the morning, I know no end of people who've said that LBC has been that lifeline because it's not just somebody playing music. I'm not disrespecting any of our, our music stations, but people want to hear a voice. They want to hear somebody who you can pick up the phone and maybe chat to or send an email to or a text message or a letter or a postcard or whatever it is. It's, it's some kind of contact because some people don't get any contact. They don't see anybody. They don't see their neighbours. They don't talk to their neighbours. Their neighbours don't want to do. they don't, oh, God, I want to talk to that person. You know, elderly people, so they become isolated. And so, as he has condemned the family's neglect of their elderly, I say he's absolutely right. We don't go and see the elderly people. We go, oh, they're elderly, so we go around, hi, mum, OK, sit here, OK, we've done an hour, let's leave. And that's as far as it goes, I'm afraid. It is, it, it is terrible, actually. It is terrible that we don't do what other countries do which is bring the elderly into them so they've got company. You know, if if you've got a, a mother and father and they're fairly elderly now and one, one or the other partner dies, have you any idea of how lonely that can be for them if you've spent years and years with, with somebody? You know, and all of a sudden you have that taken away and they don't know what to do. My mum spent weeks crying, weeks crying. At the weekend she decided, it was so she, she foisted herself on relatives. She wasn't daft. She'd say, I, c- I can visit this weekend. They'd go, OK, Jean, that's fine. So she'd turn up. And that was good because she didn't want to be sitting alone by herself. Uh, one here says, Steve, I'm listening to you in bed with a cup of tea. Husband is working in his office, or shed as I call it. So he'll be listening too. Um, so good morning, M. V. says, you're an amazing hubby. You supported her and her brother looking after her mum at home before she died of cancer weeks ago. An amazing mum gone too soon, but uh, an amazing man, you know, as well. Lovely. Uh, one here from Lynn, who says, having heard about the rising gas prices, I received an automated phone call from the gas board telling me to take a meter, re- meter reading for them. As the meters outside, I resent paying more and doing their job. Well, of course, I've never got over having to put your own petrol in the car. In my day, you pulled into the garage and somebody came rushing out, cleaned your windscreen and filled your tank up. Now you've got to do it all by yourself. 84850. Kevin the Miltman says, can I suggest to the listeners that after checking out the LB... Oh, it's gone. Wait a minute. Sorry, it's moved down because more techs arrive in. Checking out the the LBC tour, you can see and hear our fourth single on YouTube that we recorded this summer with yours truly on backing vocals. Written in 1982, but we never got round to recording it. So check out Breakout by Anti-Establishment. Proper old school punk rock. Thank you very much indeed. Martin says, I've just watched your superb studio tour and at long last I've seen the squeaking door, much featured in your little extra podcast. Yes, it is the famous squeaking door. Alan from Hayes, Gary Barlow's tour sold out. I remember last time he tried to go solo, it was a big flop, so I guess the X Factor does benefit some people. Just a shame it's not the contestants. Yes. Uh, have you seen The Illusionists at the Hammersmith Apollo? Very good. No, it's, but it is good. I know because uh, a load of them went down the Magic Circle the, uh, the other day. It's a very good show. Lots of different people. Lots of different people. So there's a guy called Kevin James. Very good. Very clever. Very, very clever. And uh, so that's, uh, that's touring. The Illusionists, it's called, which is exactly what they are. And not only the elderly, single parents, this, this loneliness and this neglect of, of people. Nobody visits. We spent our formative years, when we were children... We spent every weekend touring the country, going to visit people. Seriously, we went round to all the families. We'd go and spend Christmas with one family. They'd come and spend Christmas with us. And everybody just mucked in together. Some people sitting there now, probably, with a, with a cup of tea, all by themselves, and that will how it will be for the whole weekend. They won't see anybody. Nobody will look in on them. Nobody, you know, people now, they pick up the phone and go, you're all right, Mum? OK, great. OK, great, you're OK. Bye, got to go, the kids are calling. Bye. Put the phone, and That's it. That's all they get for the next week. Dreadful. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. More from the papers in a moment. Quick time check. It's 14 minutes past six.
0: LBC 97.3. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. (laughs) Neil
1: from Rygate says, I went to the doctors and he said to me, don't eat anything fatty. I said, what, like bacon, burgers, sausages? He said, no fatty, don't eat anything. Okay, That's what they say to me. Don't worry. And uh, Maureen says, I've been in bed unwell listening to you. You cheer me up. You've said it as it is. Thank you. Uh, Nick Frari, British Gas, announcing this 10% price hike. Nick will be asking, how does that affect you? Plus, is it sexist to offer women or a pregnant woman your seat? Can you imagine if you offer your seat to somebody who is pregnant and they turn around and go, no, and they give you one of those withering looks? There's not really a lot you could say, because you feel a bit silly, because I'd saying OK, because I feel guilty if I'm sitting down somewhere and somebody gets on, if it's elderly, you know, if they're elderly or whatever, I always get up and move. You know, if it's somebody with a, with a pram, I'm not inclined to move that fast. But uh, if it's an elderly person, I do move. And I'm, I'm quite good at things like that. But if somebody turns you down, if you say, would you like my seat? They go, no. You think, oh God, I wish I'd not asked. Some people are a bit funny like that, aren't they? <laughs> Makes you wonder why you have bothered in the first place. Uh, it's not just the elderly. I'm in mid-thirties and I'm lonely. So uh, friends and family don't visit. I listen to LBC. Uh, I could die, and it would take about four weeks for I'm discovered. Uh, we all think that, don't we? Don't we? Don't doesn't everybody think that? You think if I actually drop well, I mean I don't, but I mean if I if I sort of drop dead at home, how long would it be before somebody found me? You know, and how, how long before they rooted through to try and find where the money is. You know, that, that kind of thing. That's what they'd be doing. Yeah, they'd be going, okay, go, go through his pockets, quick, go through his pockets now. Where's his wallet? Get, it, get his wallet, it'll be in the coat. <laughs> but it is true, you do, you do worry about things like that. But, I mean, as I say, there's no point in worrying about it. It'll be happening after you've, after you've passed on, so it makes no difference at all. On the subject of uh, of gas, uh, <laughs> I don't have any, says so, so Jackie and Paddock Wood. None at all. So now we know. And uh, she says, Waitrose do stretch mark cream. It's cheaper than Botox and it works. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) There's there's today's uh, big buy out there. I've got to go out and get some stretch mark cream. Just the kind of thing I want in the bathroom. Just the kind of thing. Uh, 84850. David says, I've just seen a handsome man leaning against a lamppost in a photo on the LBC website. Still looks 39. It is so true. It is so true and so embarrassing at the same time. Uh, Nick Ferrari this morning talking about the uh, the 10% price hike and asking how it will affect you. And the answer is it's going to affect everybody. Unless, of course, you don't have gas. But uh, don't worry, because everything else is going up at the same time. Uh, plus, crime has fallen. Does that ring true for you? I see crime on a, on a daily basis. I try not to. Either people hooting or jumping lights or people being aggressive. It's awful, really. Looking at the papers today, Isabel Hardman, editor of Coffee House, The Spectator blog. Uh, and uh, plus, James Brokenshire. We talk about trafficking, trafficking. So James Brokenshire, Security Minister, will be in. Always like seeing him in. Actually, I think he, I don't know if he's on the phone or he's actually coming into uh, to the studio. And uh, if you want a seat, you should ask. I don't know. Do you think you should ask if, if you see somebody? It's like, excuse me, could you move so I could sit down? Sometimes you see young people on the bus at school, school children sitting in the seats marked for disabled people or other people who quite clearly have not even read the sign. And those people, you go. Excuse me, can you move? There's an elderly person here trying to sit down. I'd say if, if I was a bus driver, I'd have a field day. I'm afraid, an absolute field day. If I were, if I was a guard on a train, I'd have a field day as well. Get your feet off the seats, yes, fatty, that's you. Okay, eight uh, four eight five oh. stevenlbc.co.uk Dina says uh, Paul in Manchester. I'm hoping you've seen the uh, the video that we made. We specifically made it for him. And uh, he's a full-time carer for his dad, Bill. Things have been challenging, especially this morning's drama. So, uh, good for him. Give it up. Well done, Paul. He knows. He knows. Uh, Front of the papers, very quickly. So, uh, it's sexist to give your seat to a pregnant woman, says mum to be minister. Ridiculous. Why do people say this? Do people say just deliberately silly things so that we'll all go, "Oh, I don't think so. She says, because the MPs failed to offer this seat to Joe Swinson's, who is due to give birth at Christmas, and uh, she says it would have been sexist if they had. So she stood during Prime Minister's Questions. She stood. Well, all right, that's her decision, you know, if she wants to be big and clever, but it, it's, it's no hardship just to say, excuse me, do you mind if I sit down? I would expect, you know, somebody to ask and to sit down. Oh, dear. Do men really get divorced? Because their friends in the pub are doing it. I don't know, do people do people still go to the pub and have those discussions? You know, do they go there and go, so how are you getting on with the wife? All right, oh, so so. Yeah, I'll get rid of her. There's another one here. Look, the bar mode likes you. I wonder if that's how it works in the in the pub. Never say never. Paul Hollywood's the man with the biggest ego in the world. I can't stand him. I really can't I can't stand the arrogance, I'm afraid. Uh he he's hinted at a reunion with his wife. Uh, Prince Charles has launched a stinging attack on the pensions industry, accusing it of adopting a short-term approach that risks causing misery for the elderly in the future. There is one thing that Prince Charles is never going to have to worry about. Will he survive into old age? Will he have to start putting some money aside? Never, never going to happen, is it? Never, ever going to happen. Um, So let me just remind you quick, just before I forget, so Sunday morning, Best of Steve Allen, between five and six, you can download the programme after it, and that will contain some of last week when we celebrated LBC's 40th birthday, because it was just such a momentous occasion, I'm not going to let it bypass, we were going to run it last week, but because of the LBC programme, it took, uh, took precedence. So we're going to be running bits of that this week, plus bits of this week. And then In Conversation, the fantastic Sheila Hancock and the equally fantastic and lovely Jude Law will be with me for In Conversation. I expect you to download the programmes as well. If you want to learn about podcasting, then you contact the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. And there's all the details on there. It's from about £2 a month. We have a free podcast on this programme, which will be up by about 7 o'clock. God and the producer willing, and then we have the other podcast. Then there'll be the bit of blog as well, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. And this morning, you can uh, actually go on to YouTube and we give you the quick tour of the building. It's the it's the three and six tour. It's not the super deluxe tour. It's the three and six tour, tour. The very sweaty Steve Allen. But uh, it's the shirt and the chemicals, I think, because it's one of those, don't bother ironing it, but we do iron it. So now you know, because the first time I saw it, I was so horrified. But now I've told you about it, it's OK. It's on YouTube. It's uh, under Steve Allen's mini-tour, I think. Steve Allen's mini-tour. Other stories in the uh, papers today, they've got a picture of five women on the front page of The Sun. But the headline, one of these women has had 180 lovers, another just two. Can you tell? Well, they're all smiling, so um, the answer is obviously, no, I can't. No, I can't, I'm afraid. I can't tell these things. And to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't really care either. I really didn't care. But they're talking today as well about um, asbestos. They've had to close down one of these shops just outside the, uh, the Door a restaurant because they're removing asbestos from it. I didn't even think you could find asbestos in buildings anymore. I thought that went out years and years ago. Uh, the Express today, why Murray was in a hurry for his big day at the Palace... Andy Murray was there. Paul Hollywood, I've no guilt over marriage breakdown. Now, you should have some guilt over that failed programme in America, though, shouldn't you? I mean, that was a a wee bit of a disaster. You know, and again, I suppose it's people who believe the publicity. And then at the end of the day, it all comes crashing down. And Harry, Prince Harry, says, rugby? I'm past it. I know, but is he going to get married? Will Prince Andrew get married to Sarah Ferguson? Will Sarah Harding ever get a proper job? Will we never get sick of the tide of seeing any of the Essex girls tramping up and down, looking a little bit, as one of the papers described this morning, brassy? The answer to these questions will not be answered on this programme, but it may be mentioned on Monday morning from 4am. I wish you a very, very pleasant weekend. hope it's going to be uh, good weather, but it's not... Uh... It's not guaranteed, I'm afraid. It'll probably be the usual sunshine and showers. Uh, One of the stories we've got coming up on the free podcast, Mikayla Strachan talking about women never having the expertise men have as they're wired differently. Good grief, there's no end to the excitement. Have a lovely day. Nick and the team with you at 7 o'clock this morning on LBC 97.3. I'm Steve Allen. Have a good weekend. Next, the morning news with Lisa Raziz.